Everything's under control. Situation normal. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Florida Man Plays X-Wing. I am your host, as always, Steve Sesnick, and I'm joined to myself by the Reverend Joe Laporta. What's going on, man? Oh, man, I am just basking in the glow of how wrong we were on our previous episode. <laughs> well, I've been I mean, wrong a lot in my life, but this is a new record. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know so much how wrong we were as so much like we were really, I mean, I, I don't know. I felt like we were really just talking about what we knew. Um at the time, I don't know. We'll call it t- contextually wrong. Yeah, contextually wrong. We were wrong sure. within a decent framework of trying to be right. Yeah, I mean, as as far as I thought, AMG could go. They they have uh, they have surpassed my wildest imagination. Um, <laughs> but speaking of being wrong, I said we were going to be better podcasters in the last episode because I took that class, and Yo, then, um, yeah. then then I went straight into the topic and botched uh, introducing our guest host for tonight. We have uh, Carlos Ramirez. Uh, Actually, I go by Jeff now. Jeff. No, no, no. Uh, Jeff's gone now. Um, we Jeff's replaced him now. with Jerry, who also couldn't be here tonight. Yeah. So Jerry's our normal third co-host now, but he is not able to make it on what turned out to be pretty short notice. So we got Carlos filling in. I just uh, fill in, guys. I'll be here all week. He'll be here all week. Carlos, we probably have a week worth of stuff to talk about. So, you know, we have like weeks worth of stuff to talk about. This is a lot. This is like the content dump of all content dumps. um, (laughs) This is is literally save the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) We had had fuck all to talk about other than that. Yeah. So, (laughs) oh, man. All right. Well, let's go. Let's go around the horn. Joe, what do you got to drink tonight? I. I actually know so little about this. I have to read the side of the can. I am reading a. I am drinking a hazy O hazy IPA from Dogfish Head. It is our oh so juicy hazy IPA brewed with one malted, two rolled, three naked oats, and four oat milk. I don't, I'm not getting any of that from it, but it's good. <laughs> if you'd asked me to guess, I don't think I'd have gotten one of those three. <laughs> Even though it was four. Shit. Oh man. All right, I'm Car- doing good. <laughs> Carlos, what do you got? Uh, went German uh, tonight, so I got some. I'm gonna mispronounce this. Weihenstaufner Hefeweizen beer. A Hefeweizen. I do like yeah. a good half, actually. Yeah, so this is uh, probably one of my favorites. Um, mm. So I got a little six pack of that tonight. There you go. I am. Uh... Uh, I just grabbed another one of these uh, Sam Adams Boston Lagers out of the fridge. <laughs> so that's what I had uh, last night when we were recording an episode. And then, uh, you know, this morning, um, all hell broke loose and we decided we were going to record another episode tonight. So here here we are. And I'm drinking Boston Lager again. So so I just I just recently moved. Uh, so I get to like five minutes down the road. I have a ABC. Right. So I get to go there and, and window shop. Like for an episode, there you go. Uh, that's ABC is actually really up their game in the last couple of years. Yeah, they just, they just built a new one by my place. Yeah, they've almost caught up to like Total Wine for for it's, craft beer and it's almost there. It's almost there. To- Total yeah, Wine so I, is still on another another level, but I close. saw some from uh, some uh, the brewery that's uh, near you guys. What's uh, the one in Jacksonville? Uh, uh, either Bold the, City or Bold Mad, City. Mad. Yeah, it was Bold City. Yeah, um, a whole bunch of Bradenton, Sarasota, St. Pete. Uh, and then, um, you know, just Florida in general. So <clears throat> there's a lot of good 
good beers to grab there, but they're all IPAs. <laughs> so, so many IPAs. I'm, I'm trying to like diversify a little bit. Uh, so they they do have some um, some like stouts and porters that I may have to give a sh- give give a little bit of a shot. Yeah. So maybe I'll be you, you missed here, so. you missed me putting down a whole quart of Mississippi mud last night, uh, Carlos, and uh, mm-hmm. whew, <laughs> work this morning was uh, very quiet, very 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 stoic, <laughs> very dark, very quiet, not a lot of stimulation. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, let let's get into it because we got a lot to talk about. Um, Why? So, something happened? Yeah, some, something happened. <laughs> something happened? What? What? Uh, so, so this morning, um, I don't know, what was it? What was it about? Maybe 10 or 11? I had to work today, so I didn't see anything until when I went on my lunch break. Yeah. So, I don't know. Whatever time it came out this morning, um, they uh, AMG dropped uh, the new rules. They dropped the new points. They dropped new errata. Um, they dropped the scenario, uh, rules, uh, which is its own kind of separate thing and the ban list. So, um, seven documents total. Yeah. Well, six documents, one six, update, article. six documents and an article about it. So, uh, um, on their website of all places. Well, let's not. Well, let, let's, so, wasn't on no, six different Twitter uh, posts? Like, uh, no, it was. It, it's. It, it is all technically consolidated on a single website. <laughs> love it. As simple um, as no, it is. No, I, let's I, not I love, love Carlos. Can we have put it on the front page? Maybe. Maybe. Well, this seems like maybe is, you could have mentioned it. This like, is still their. Original, how is their website so broken? Very. Uh, it very looks like tiny, poor website. It looks like I could have made this. Like, and well, the thing I, is, though, they, this they, is there insult. is a front. There's a front page of their their website. There is a like place where new articles <clears> get posted, <throat> but they do not post X Wing there, just as a matter of principle. Like, I feel like there's like a contractual problem with their website. Yeah, I don't know. It, well, I think there there may be actually. <laughs> there may be like competing licenses there that don't well, allow have, them to show I, Star Wars content next I, to Marvel. I, I think they they have been working on a new website for quite a while, and and apparently it is. Um, my understanding it is it is an LFL, uh, you know, uh, licensing nightmare. Um, so I would not be surprised if 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 that is a big part of the problem. Well, also Disney in general. Yeah, yeah. So um, I suspect yeah, Disney in general, and I think eh. and I think LFL it may may be like one of the worst yeah um, parts of Disney licensing. Yeah. Star I, I think Wars. it's actually a little. It's probably even weirder than that because I'm pretty sure Crisis Protocol is not is not uh, MCU. No, it's not MCU. It's no, based, it's comic. And books. I think that's why there's probably problems. They don't want them people thinking that they are. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, uh, there is. If you go to the AtomicMassGames.com website on the sidebar, there is a. If you go the, X- the one very tiny little icon in the top right up there. Yep, the little hamburger menu. There is a. Uh, section in there called x-wing documents which now contains x-wing documents so that's cool that's um, a start. That's i mean a start. it's pretty straightforward so it's perfect yeah, <laughs> very straightforward it exists um so uh there, there's a lot of different parts to this and we are not going to be able to cover everything fully in this episode we're gonna try to get it some of the big most kind of um shocking things yeah. Speaking um, of shocking and not covering things fully, think of this as the banana hammock of of episodes. <laughs> yeah, it's very I shocking. I always think of that Borat. Not that Borat scene. <laughs> oh yeah, it's very nice. Yeah, oh. this is the, that this is, this is the 
the Borat swimsuit of of, of episodes <laughs> right here. <laughs> it's it's very shocking. It doesn't cover everything, and frankly, everyone's gonna leave here even more confused than when they walk yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. We're only covering the important bits. Um, <laughs> everything you might else, also get a little hairy. Everything hey. else is hanging loose. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I I miss you guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we just recorded an episode last night. <laughs> I know, but I miss having all three of us. It's, I, I I think all three of us is is a is a thing. <laughs> We're totally forgetting that Dom used to be here. Well, you know, <laughs> Dom's in California now. He's he's on a he's on different times. Yeah, he's on totally 40, different man. time zone. Three out of I didn't I didn't move, man. but I stayed within the state. I, I would as, lo- as I, is necessary. I would love for Dom to show to to be able to show back up, but I have a feeling that the time difference is going to make our schedule very difficult so oh, yeah um all right anyways <laughs> so the the first big thing and this was and this is they, they did this update article to kind of cover this because it's really kind of the most it's the one thing that they didn't really prep us for at all as far as the chain the, the rules changes goes they, they they did not mention in any form or fashion that they were going to be massively changing uh how you build squads <laughs> and points like uh, the fundamental uh point structure of x-wing <laughs> so they really buried the lead there yeah they, they really kind of buried the lead on that one but uh regardless there is there's a whole article on here i suggest going to read it i'm not going to read the entire article to everybody um but the gist of it is that um we are going to be moving to a 20 point uh squad based system so as opposed to 200 points like we're used to where you have 200 points and you fill that up full of ships and upgrades uh, and up, get up to your 200 points and you're good to go. Um, now we they're splitting points off into two separate buckets. There's squad points, which is 20 points, and there are uh, loadout points, which so every pilot has their own individual loadout points that they can spend on upgrades that do not count in any way in your squad point total um so you know you go to a ship and uh, so i'm going to take vader for example uh in the the tie x1 which is one that i've been kind of staring at today um but so vader is uh is an eight point for squad points and uh he also has a much, a much different uh uh upgrade slot bar now too that that's that's a, the upgrade slots are kind of have been totally revamped also like all the way ac- across the board um and he ha- he can spend up to 22 points um for for upgrades so no more skinny vader just no more skinny load vader. that shit up yeah so this is like the craziest thing about this really is that like every single ship you put in a squad you can max out with upgrades you can run the heaviest version of every ship in, in that you throw into a squad, no matter what, which which is crazy. Uh. <laughs> no, so <clears throat> I was talking to some of my buddies earlier, and you know we kind of put it into the squad building phase of the game. It does improve, so let's let's just don't think about the points, um, just think about the structure. Um, the ships are worth something, uh, squad, you know, and the squad is built on a 20 point list. And then you have your separate loadouts that have no actual emphasis on your total build points. 
what this does, so every time I would build a list, you know, you have, you start picking your ships, you start adding upgrades. And you're like, well, I want to add this upgrade, but I have to either remove a ship or downgrade a ship. You know, like I have a, a initiative five pilot. Now I got to downgrade to an initiative three to get the points that I need. Or, or you, you start going back to the drawing table because all yeah. of a sudden now the synergy doesn't work. And this eliminates that from the squad building process, which I really, really, really like. So you pick your ships, and then once you pick your synergy as far as your ships go, you have all the flexibility in the world for upgrades. Uh, so separating that out of the equation, I think, is going to be a huge, huge deal uh, to kind of improve the squad building process. Um, yes. I mean, it's definitely different. I, it, it really, I, think, I really think it depends on your point of view about whether or not it improves it or not. I think there's going to be some people that that love this and some people that hate it. Um, so I, I am I am re I am reserving judgment for right now. Honestly, I I mean I don't I, I'm already getting used to it. I mean, by the way, if, if for anybody who isn't unaware, Yasby has already up to somehow Steve, like Stephen Kim Rathos or whatever. Like that guy, like him and um, Andre Lind, who do uh, who does Launch Bay next. They both have like basically upgraded already today. And to a whole new point. It's an amazing, with a whole, a whole, amazing time. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's like crazy the amount of work. I can't even like, I don't know. I don't know what those guys are like. I mean, if you go, go and donate to these guys, like seriously, go to launch. Please do, next, yes. Go to Yasby donate. Yasby has changed their link. So the new Yasby 2.5, as it's being called, is it uh, Y-A-S-B dot app, A-P-P is the new, um, the new URL for that. So, um, I would imagine the old Yasby, you know, will be kind of frozen in time with, uh, the 2.0. Um, just like I believe the old, like Yasby's, you know, built off of, or, or the Rathos version of Yasby is built off the, the old 1.0 Jordanar version, um, which is also still frozen in time. So you can go back and, and get all your 1.0 points if you want. Uh, <laughs> But uh, but yeah, please 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 um, donate to these guys because this is I mean they got they got this dropped on them today and they and they're getting it pumped out and and I can build squads for Cherokee this weekend which I was I I, I thought I was not going to have a squad builder to use I I thought I was going to have to be doing pen and paper squad building um, for Cherokee this weekend so the fact the fact that they pumped this out with all these new rules and changes to this is is pretty awesome so. So, Joe, what what are you thinking? Um, are you you want to play some devil's advocate and and be like, no, this sucks? Um, I'm not gonna go with it sucks. Here's a couple of, of thoughts that are gonna be somewhat negative, somewhat neutral, right? Um, I really do think you guys should go and um and donate to these guys that do amazing things, putting together this squad builder like on the fly today. That being said. AMG screwed these guys over something fierce, in my opinion. Um, you know, there may be something out there that I don't know, like they were communicating with or I had let them know or something. But these guys have put an incredible amount of work into these squad builders. So to one day be like, okay, that thing that uh, you guys were working on the whole time, just negate the whole thing because we decided to go a different direction. Now, I know they don't really owe them anything, owe them. But that being said, like, these are some pillars of the community, and I don't think that was the way to do it. Well, it's it's crazy too because the official squad builder is completely gone, right? Yeah. 
That's so I mean, like, there, there was no point. choice but for the community to do yeah. something. Well, the so one, yeah, when you put that <laughs> into yeah. perspective, it's pretty nuts. The, the what I'd thing, like to also say is that the the official squad builder is dead and gone, right? Because I guess yeah. that was really difficult, and they couldn't possibly maintain that, right? Yes. These guys just put it together in a day. <laughs> like yeah. these these guys that don't get paid are not on the payroll. They put it together in yeah. a day. I, so like thing, the the idea that you can't like manage to have a squad builder and that's too hard. Yeah. Come on, yeah. guys. The, Come on. The one thing I wonder is if maybe they did have a heads up because this. I is hope they did, and maybe I, I I'll, I'll, I'll I'll be the first to take back what I said if that is the case. Yeah. I, I that mean, be, that being said, it still apparently can be done, and the fact that that AMG and FFG just like abandoned that idea, yeah, feels like a step backwards. Yeah, but I like, I, I truly hope these guys had had a heads up, and, and yeah, I feel like they might have considered well, turnaround time here. But I don't think I you really need it. I think I don't think you really need it because every points upgrade, especially at the uh, since the two level. So, I mean, these guys go into code and change a number from one thing to another. So, like, you know what I mean? As, as long as the code is sound, like, you just have to change one single thing in the code uh, for each one of the cards that change. Yeah. Well, it's, so, like, the update just takes time and you have to be careful. But I would assume that, like, you know, that they're, they got into practice enough for you know, they could just go in and, and get it done. Yeah. And I think that the, the difference is that they have uh, – it's what – what kind of shocked me about the turnaround time really is because they had to change to a different format of points scoring. So it, it's not like the, it's not like they had to, they had to code oh, a, right. a whole new thing. I didn't even realize that. I just noticed that uh, the way that it's done. Yeah. So they did have to split up the points. Yeah. So they had to code it in there to like count the, the ship points and the, and the upgrade Man, points separately. I wonder if somehow um, that was a, already you know, done beforehand. Thing, but, you know, I hope yeah. they got a heads up. I really do hope they got a heads up on that. I hope they did too, and I'll be the first to take it back. Don't get me wrong. I'm I'm impressed though. Like I mean, like just overall, the yeah. timing has has been ridiculously unexpected. Yeah. So, so I could I could have thought mad, it mad props to them on that. Mad Going props. back to the broader point of of this new way of list building, some part of me actually really likes it because that's kind of how I tend to list build an x-wing anyway i tend to play about three ship lists that that are heavy on upgrades that being said i hate that about myself and i don't like it about other players either and it's a trajectory that i don't i actually don't like or agree with i don't think i i'm very worried and i'm pretty sure we mentioned this in an episode that i'm very worried about how much text is on the table in a game of x-wing these days a, because I think upgrades are more prevalent. B, just generally, I think they're more complex than they used to be. Um, they've added a lot of different ways to use the space of the board in weird ways, which is a broader topic, I guess. But but I've talked about that before, how I don't like side arcs. I don't really care for how oddly positional you have to be to use any of your abilities. So I actually don't love the number of upgrades that are going to be on the table. I think I'm going to find that it's really fun to build squads because I can put 14 different upgrades I think are really cool out there. And I think it's going to be worse playing the game because I'm going to have to read far more cards than I planned on reading. So there. Yeah. A little column A, a little column B. I, that's that's going to be my final statement on it for right now, I think, is that I really think it's going to be a lot more fun to build squads. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to be far more irritating to put them on the table and fly them. Yeah. 
Um, so I got a couple things on on this. I, I think one, I think this is going to uh, at least early on. I mean, obviously they can always go in and adjust points, so it could change this to some degree. But I think day one, we're this is a pretty big power creep. Um, there is a lot of lists that um, I've already found one list at least that um, they pointed out of existence already that is now back, not only back, but back with like a bunch of a bunch more stuff in it. <laughs> so like, you know, like I'm back in um, 2019, I was uh, toying around with when Foresight came out, I was, you know, toying around with Vader and three Foresight Inquisitors. And it was a really fun list. And um, I actually almost ended up flying it at Worlds. Um, I ended up changing kind of at the last minute because I was having problems with a particular matchup. I can't remember what now. But um, regardless, the um, so that list, you know, was was hasn't been playable in a while. You know, they, they, they changed the points on the Inquisitors because the Inquisitors became really, you know, people discovered them. They became really popular. They got, you know, they were kind of dominating the world for a little while. Um, so that list just hasn't even been possible. So now it's possible again. You can run, you know, Tide Advanced Vader and three Foresight Inquisitors. But now you also get to put like every upgrade you want on Vader. So you have 22 points worth of upgrades to put on Vader, which is, um, you know, which you did not have in the original version of the list, right? Like, <laughs> so, um, so that's that's crazy. It's just little things like that, and there are so many. I, mean, I haven't had a chance to look through everything. It's it's people are going to be finding all kinds of stuff, and I think there's just going to be a just just a just a pretty general leap in power curve right off the bat with with this. Um, so that's that's kind of my one thing I noticed first off the bat. The other thing that I have noticed is that uh, I have managed to create a number of 19 point squads. Uh, <laughs> and with deficit scoring being what it is, like when I thought deficit scoring was like just affecting like two in a, in a 200 point world. And it's like, you know, I mean, you could <coughs> usually find a one point upgrade to stick in somewhere or you can do this or that or whatever and get to your 200 <coughs> points. Or, or maybe you're at 199 because you for whatever reason, you just can't fit anything else in. But at most, you're giving one point up, right? Well, out of 200. It's not that big a deal. Um, now, in a 20-point world, um, you know, you only if you get to 19 and you deficit and you, you, you give one point away, you're giving 5% of the victory points required to win the game away by running a 19-point squad. So you're going to have a I, – I don't know about you guys, but I think that's a pretty big disqualifying reason to play anything that's not, not 20 points. What, what, do you guys, what do you guys think? I think it's a huge difference. Um, I mean, just it's multiplicative, right? Like if yeah. every, every one point you're short now is five points. It's like if you're two points short of your build total, that is 10 points you're giving up. And it's going to push people, I think, to go to the next higher – pilot skill i think for the most part like carlos was talking about earlier sometimes you have to drop something down to get to where you want to be yeah i think you're almost always going to go up in this you know what i mean mm -hmm. i think every time you see this thing that you want you know instead of that four point tie inquisitor you know you're going up the fifth brother or seventh sister you know what i mean yeah you just have to there's just no <laughs> way around it um 
and that's I don't hate it. There's nothing inherently wrong with that. But I also haven't put together a lot of lists and had my heart poking by being like, I really like these synergies that I have going on here, but I can't make this happen. Mm-hmm. I think we did talk about it, Steve. Does every faction have a two-point ship? Uh, I I believe so. I know it's I know um, Imperials do. Um, I know the Rebels do. Yeah, I know the Rebels do. I'm sure Scum does. I mean, they've got a lot of these have like the, there's got to be like a two-point. Yeah, there's a there's a two-point mining guild. Scapecraft yeah, uh, is two points. Yeah. Um, I would imagine there's a two point. Yeah, there's a two or there is a two point fireball in resistance. Um, I'm sure you you know tie, there's a two point TIFO. Yeah, Revis. Oh man, uh, Revis is two points. Damn, Revis is good. Darrell Revis. Yeah. Shut down corner, Darrell Revis. Shut oh down my corner, gosh, Darrell so Revis. Good. <laughs> um, I don't know if uh, if Republic has one. <coughs> they do. Uh, the nope. the V wing. There's a contrail is two points. Oh, that's V wing. Oh, the V wing. God, I got that's a, that's a ah, ship. You're the right. Nimbus class V wing. Yeah. <coughs> and okay, there... so every faction has a two point ship. So you're never going to be two points short, right? Well, what was so funny is that for Republic, yeah. it's a specific pilot. <laughs> so, there's a couple, yeah. Maybe you'll see a, that a lot. <laughs> well, there's some a, very um, odd things in different spots for this stuff. There yeah. really, really is. The more I look at it, the more I keep finding some strange nuances in these points. Dude, look at this. Like I just realized, I just saw this. The cheapest V19 torrent is four points. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, no torrents. Expensive. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty expensive. But I mean, think about it. With the full upgrades, you could throw a shield upgrade and a whole upgrade. Those are already hard to kill with five health. Imagine yeah. seven <laughs> with two yeah. shields. So yeah, they are like, giving them ten points of, of, to upgrade with. So and two yeah, mo- and, so you well, can actually do swap. both. You can do a whole lot of shield. So uh, for the the gold squadron. So I mean, like <laughs> oh, that's a squadron, hard yeah. ship to kill. So yeah, yeah, if I'm running four in a list, you know what I mean. I have four points left. Like that that seems pretty pretty substantial. Uh, that's interesting though. Like what you guys have mentioned. So I. Personally, think that depending on how scenarios will play out, and I'm just kind of scrolling through here, and we'll, we'll talk about those a little bit more in depth. But um, you know, you get one point for stuff. You know, so you know you could start with a deficit, and it's you know you score a couple of points in a scenario play, and you're already ahead. You know what I mean? And then maybe if you uh, you do some damage in the in the meantime as well. Yeah. Um, so I don't necessarily think. A one point deficit bringing it into a tournament is gonna make you feel like you're giving up a lot. Um, so I, I, who knows? Like we, we, you'll have to know, play man. out some scenarios yeah. to see how quickly you'll be able to score. I, I'd have. Uh, what I'm I'd... feeling like is that a lot of <clears throat> man. Uh, we have later in this this episode we're gonna talk about scenarios, but I guess I'll jump the shark a little bit on that. Scenarios are only the the game limit is twelve rounds right now. Yeah. And there's still a time limit on rounds. Mm-hmm. I don't think you go to 20. But on Saturday when we play, I'll be shocked if most of our games go to to, uh, to 10. Yeah. I don't think you get to 20. I just don't think you do with all these new rules 
all these new things you're trying to figure out, all I these things you're doing. I think definitely on Saturday, yeah, because it's the first. Yeah, time and a new and tournament. Figuring Absolutely. shit out. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I think you're getting. I think you're getting to ten. Yeah, that's where I think it's at. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I don't think I don't think anybody's going to be, be uh, breezing through rounds here, with uh, between the scenario things that you have to keep track of and and all the new rules and all the new everything. So and even yeah. playing with a bunch of upgrades you're not familiar with. People, yeah. people are gonna throw random upgrades on things they've never seen before. That's yeah. the thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm already looking at stuff and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gonna throw elusive on this thing because I can because it has two talent slots for some reason. And like yeah, they did that quite a bit. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of that. Like I was looking at the freaking Inquisitor, the Grand Inquisitor. He's got two four slots and a talent slot. Like, <laughs> um, you know, and 17 points to work with. So, so uh, something you touched on, Steve, and you were talking about how, like, uh, some of these, you know, lists that were powerful before, but got point balanced out. Um, you know, I don't necessarily think of, like, oh, my God, you know, opening Pandora's box. Because, like, that's that's the case right now for squad lists that you can imagine before that you would, like, build out at 200 points or maybe, like, 180. Mm-hmm. And now you can build out to, like, over 200 points. So I think there's the, the meta choices are going to be, dip, you know, like if one thing goes up, everything goes up kind of situation. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I think that that, um, you know, it's not going to be balanced. Uh, I'm sure we're going to discover real quick. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Give it a few weeks or a month and somebody's going to come up with a list that people are like, holy shit. Like that's that's super powerful. Um, I don't even need any data. I can just close my eyes and, and say Clearly, a bunch of this is going to be broken. They took seven well-developed factions and repointed everything twice. Mm-hmm. They gave it a point cost and they gave it a loadout value. They repointed everything in the game twice. Yeah, yeah. Do and, you and- have? I mean, let's say you you have faith in AMG. Do you have that much faith? <laughs> yeah. Like. Imagine you had to go, somebody had to go redesign a card game. So you have to change. We're changing the entire resources. We need to recost every card from the first eight or nine sets. Do it all at one one jump and see if it's balanced. Yeah, no, it's. I don't think it's going to be balanced. I think it's going to be complete anarchy. And Um, and that's. Yeah, for for a while it will be. AMG stands for Anarchomaniac Games. <laughs> and I'm sticking but, with that. And if I can get it done by Saturday, it'll be on t-shirts. Is it is it ca- are they chaotic bad? Is that what their alignment is? It, it no, it's it's anarchomaniac is an alignment now. We just Oh that. actually no, we're doing political uh alignments. Anarcho <laughs> never mind. <laughs> but now anarchy, man. It, it, <clears throat> I, I think overall, like here's my situation is whether they went hair brain like this you know completely crazy and just shake up the meta completely or if they made some very slight adjustments on points and just uh, you know even things out a little bit i i always think that the natural instinct for competitive players is to min max so you're you're always going to see something come out of an adjustment that is going to be better than everything this just is more chaotic therefore it may take a little bit longer because people may experiment more um, with the open space. So I think that it could take longer for a meta to settle in this particular case. 
which is, you know, like, yeah, after, you know, a few months and of getting gathering data, we're probably going to have a good picture of what is strong and not. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, it, it's going to be a big, it, it's a big, it's a huge adjustment and there's no way that this initial points pass is like even close to p- probably balanced. Right. So <laughs> it, it there, we, we probably could have a great man. I wish we'd prep this a little more, but we didn't have that much time. There's going to be some places where this is laughably off, okay? Yeah. Like, so completely ridiculously off. I'm looking at one right now, okay? Let me tell you how balanced this is. And you can you can go from there, okay? You ready for this? Mm-hmm. Remember how badly FFG hated the Outer Rim Smuggler? Like, the, the generic yeah. YT-1300? Yeah. What if I told you the AMG hates them worse? I don't know if you guys are looking at the same things I are, but the generic Outer Rim Smuggler costs seven points and gets six loadout points. It can take a missile and a gunner, and that's it. <laughs> what if I told you that for zero points more, you could get Chewbacca, who has three times as many loadout points, three and a half times as many upgrades, and has a higher pilot skill and an ability? Yeah. For the same number of points. <laughs> yeah. The same number of points. Yeah. There was actually a, the, the T-70s for uh, for the resistance. Mm-hmm. One of them is just straight up worse for the same point cost. Yeah. Like, not even like in that very weird <laughs> way where maybe you might want to lower like pilot skill for the generic whatever. You want to play another one of them. Maybe that makes sense or whatever. But, I mean, go to your resistance things, guys. Look up that T seventy X wing, and it's gonna be right here. <laughs> Literally, there's a black squadron ace, a blue squadron Wookie, a rookie, not a Wookie. That'd be funny, and a red squadron expert. They are all the exact same points, but one of them has two and a half times as much loadout value and can also have EPTs. Yeah, same points. Well, I mean, here's an here's like, who the fuck wrote this shit. Yeah, here's here's one that that baffles me right out of the blocks here too. Like the um, the Thai LN right Academy pilots traditionally the cheapest ship in the Imperial in, in Imperial and one of the cheapest ships in the game. Yeah, damn near, damn near. Yeah, so an Academy pilot, for years until they made Vulture droids. But. Yeah, an Academy pilot is three is three points. An Obsidian squadron pilot is two points. The only difference being that the obsidian gets no loadout whatsoever. It's just it's just straight up two points, but you get an initiative two. Academy's initiative one. You get a mod slot and three points to use it on the mod slot. Which I don't know what of these uh you know, Well I mean you're looking computer, at the Academy pilot, but who's like, right next to him in this list? Uh Night Beast. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm looking at a different list than the oh. I'm looking at the actual PDF one. So the Academy Pilot is three with three loadout and can get a mod, right? Yeah. Or for also three points, you can get a Black Squadron Ace with yeah. six loadout and can also get and, and talent. initiative three. And it's initiative three. <laughs> Who the fuck wrote this? I don't know. Like I, I, I think in no like you're never gonna take an Academy pilot. You're and you're, you're never gonna take a black squadron. You're, you're you gonna choose a pilot. Black yeah, Squadron Ace, yeah. either one of those two. Or like, you can take Va- Val and Rudauer, who is also three, has two more loadout and the same icons and an ability. All the other. I don't know I mean, what Val and Rudauer even does, but unless he has some sort of a drawback, 
Who the <laughs> fuck wrote this shit? Yeah, well, you have Wampa, Valen Rudor, Sane Marana, Scor- Scourge, Mahler, ISB Jingoist, Gideon Hask, Del, uh, Del Mico, Black Squadron Ace, and Academy Pilots are all three. Um, and you're never going to take an Academy Pilot. You're going to take does, any one of these named guys. Or does maybe Night Beast have some sort of a drawback I am not aware of? Night Beast? No, yes. he just doesn't get any upgrade. Like, like He's they, the same part as an Obsidian Squadron pilot with the same loadout and the same icons. Yeah. Although it is funny that they give them no icons. Like, yeah. functionally speaking, if you have Functions, no loadout, it doesn't matter what the, icons you give. You them all the icons. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, just, um, you have 14 icons. It wouldn't matter. Yeah. So it's just, it, no, it's funny. And, and, I, and, and I see what they're doing. I know what they're doing. Like, what they're doing is basically saying that your your opportunity cost is, is, is what those point savings are there for. You have no opportunity with Night Beast or Obsidian Squadron to put any upgrades on them. You're not putting any... Nobody cares about upgrades on any of these guys. Hardly at all. Like, the only... Like, like a TIE Fighter, right? Like, the only upgrades anybody's ever, ever sort of really used with any consistency on on these cards is... Uh, on these ships is Swarm Tactics in, in a TIE Swarm, right? I mean, you may throw one of these guys randomly into an Imperial list, and it's nice to have a few random upgrades to throw on them. That's great. But um it's just funny i I, i'm just kind of laughing at this because it's like it's just very it's a very strange concept to apply to certain ships and like like the tie fighter i think is kind of a classic example this is a very strange concept to apply to the tie fighter so as as long as points are adjustable and and i don't know if they have discussed you know what i mean ffg the expectation was always what once every three or four months you know then make a big points change it was like once a quarter. Um, um, yeah, I mean, it depended, but yeah. So, you know, the what is the expectation for AMG if we know of how often they'll be changing points? We, we have no idea. They haven't yeah. really. So I just, man, I've been looking for months and months and months. <coughs> all of our episodes, since we can't get to tournaments and our travel podcast by going to tournaments that don't exist. Uh, I've just been looking for signs that I should have any faith in AMG. And the fact that I'm pulling apart their, I'm being able to rip apart some of this data they've given me, like these lists they've made of things, day one when they've been working on this for months, it's not a good sign. I think it's a ter- I'm feeling worse about this as we've sat down and talked about it because some of these things <laughs> don't make any goddamn sense. Yeah. Now you could well, say, well, I mean, they just don't want the, the sitting squadron pilot, you know, who needs him in the game, whatever, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. They, I, they I, made him, they intentionally made him obsolete. Yeah, like, there's I, enough I, of these things in different spots where I'm like, you guys, like, were you just drinking when you did this? Or <laughs> I, I don't think this. Like, necessarily... I do this job drunk, but I don't get paid. Do you guys get paid? No. Okay. Good. I have some endorsements, but that's about it. <laughs> that's why it's Carlos's podcast. <laughs> but no, I, I mean, like, I, there's so many goddamn ships, man. Like, so I, I think it's just what a. Either uh, run out of time, they couldn't figure it out, or they just weren't efficient about it. Uh, and they're going to be like, well, we'll just fix it later. You know what I mean? Like, they, they that kind of mentality is, is possible. Well, I think anywhere. that's all part of it, but I think realistically. Not saying that, that that's acceptable. It's just that yeah, that's no, probably I, what happened. I mean, honestly, and, and this is really kind of just a fact of the matter, and, it's, and, and for, for better or for worse, or for good or for bad, and whether or not you, like, you think this is a bad thing, they don't view X-Wing the same way that people who've been playing X-Wing for the last I 10 years do. I am very glad you brought that up, Steve, because <laughs> I, I recently got to play Marvel Crisis Protocol 
Uh-huh. Uh, I, I didn't play it. I kind of feel. I kind of feel like I have to play. play it now because I want to get in their heads a little more. Well, if but... you if you look at the way they're if you just googled right now any of the character cards from it or clicked on one of the numerous articles that are on the front page of their website, yeah, because um, believe me, those are there. If you look at the character cards for that game, X Wing ships look like that now. Mm-hmm. Because they have something like six to seven to eight abilities listed on there. Various different attacks, three to four static abilities, things like that. Mm-hmm. And granted, I've only watched one game, so I'm quoting it on the, the 10 to 12 figures that were involved in that game. But an X-Wing ship with mandatory upgrades, I'm calling them mandatory. You don't technically have to play them, but you'd be an idiot not to. Yeah. They basically look like that. They have a pilot ability. They have... Various different attacks that you have from different missiles or whatever you have. And you have two to three other static abilities. Yeah. This makes X-Wing ships look like Marvel Crisis Protocol characters. In a very tangible way. I also, because I'm looking right at it, I should change which page it is. Howlrunner has a loadout value of six. Have you looked at the icons they gave Howlrunner? Yeah. You have six points. How are you supposed to utilize three mods on a fucking TIE fighter with six points? (laughs) Is there even three legal things in there that would have an actual effect? Uh, (laughs) I'm not putting delayed fuses on him. I'm not giving him munitions fail-safe. No. Um, no, I don't even... It blows my mind. Uh, Yes. I feel like they're just doing stupid, derpy shit and not testing it. And my faith in them is really, really ragged right now. <laughs> yeah. No, I saw that earlier. And yeah, th- there's there's not, there's some reasoning maybe can be seen. Down the line, they'll make but... modifications that would be good for ties or something. Yeah, but at, on the onset here, I'm, I'm starting yeah. to, to see some flaws for sure. I mean, there's definitely a lot of things that haven't, that need to be massaged out. And I'm not going to like, like, I'm going to go basically like this is a shit ton of stuff they've done i do not expect this to be perfect in any stretch of the imagination like i don't expect them to have the points right i don't expect it like i expect there to be some weirdness stuff in here the question is like i wonder like like i said i i just it just brings me back to the point like i don't they don't view the game the way that the we the way that we do or the way that most most x-wing players do they they view it a completely different way and we're kind of living in their world now. So it it's it, it kind of just is what it is at this point. But, um, you know, I'm going to, you know, all, I think all I can really do is, um, and I can't, you know, obviously speak for everybody, but all I can do is try to keep playing, try to go along with what they're doing and try to enjoy it and, and hope that I can find the game that I fell in love with in what they're doing. Um well, let me uh, let me ask you this question: Do you do you feel that this fundamentally changes the way you play the game? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're you're still putting ships on the board. You're you know putting asteroids down. You're setting up your lineup, and then you're moving the ships around, rolling dice. Well, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't it, it, overall, you're still doing all of that, right? I'm, I'm going to hedge my bets. And I'm going to say I don't think it fundamentally changes how I play the game. But I will say I think it tangibly changes the way I play the game. Because I do think there is... I really worry about how much information is going to be on the board all the time. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I really just I, I just think there's going to be too many things to have to read, to know and to, to understand all the time. I think that's going to slow down the game because one of the things one of the things that 2.0 did and it did in a very overt way. 2.0 really wanted to bring back non-unique ships. Mm-hmm. Being able to put down four X-wings on the table with with proton torpedoes on them and just fly it, right? It was pointed that way. It looked that way. It was designed that way. This looks to be very much the opposite. Yeah. For one to two build points more, you are getting like an extra 20 points worth of upgrades for some of these ships. Yeah. Well, The first thing that I put together today was a three-ship build with 56 points worth of upgrades. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. I mean, I think the... The interesting thing here is, I mean, they, this is just, I mean, it really is just such a different way of looking at it. And I heard them say in a, in a live stream, I think at one point where, you know, like, I, they, and, I, and I didn't realize how literal they were being about it. And this, this, this way of doing the squad building kind of really shows it, but they, they want, um, they want people to play with as many of the things as possible in a game and like they want you to use as many upgrades as possible and like this is all completely built around that it's just it's like that this is built around the idea of that you should be able to use all the things and um you know i I, like i said i i think i took for granted what they meant by that (laughs) because they had not explained (laughs) explained this yet so (laughs) yeah but this is what they meant by that so i mean it's Again, it's just it really is like it's like it, they it's their game they're going to do with with it as they will at this point. Um they think this is better for the long-term health of the game. I don't know if it is or not. Um I'm I, I'm certainly willing to try it out. I want to play it. I want to I want to figure it out and see if it's still um still the game that I love. And like well, back to your point Carlos about the change. This stuff doesn't change it so much. Um, I mean, it does, it does in, in a way because it do, it does, uh, I, you know, it's obviously like a massive change to the power curve. But I think, um, you know, the scenarios which we're going to talk about later do have a massive impact on how you play the game. Yeah, and um, so I mean, overall, what I'm what, and the bumping you know, rules and other and other stuff, but yeah, yeah, I, I think uh, what I wanted to kind of allude to is just basically that. I, I guess I separate the game from you know what I, what I'm actually actively you know doing while I'm playing the game, and then also the strategic part of it, right? So there's this, you know the strategy, the list building, the you know the um, you know picking, making decisions, all that stuff. Uh, the decision making is just completely different now. You know, it's a completely different game in that aspect. It's a completely different game squad building aspect. Uh, what you're bringing to the table, scenarios you're playing, all that stuff. Like, you have to think a lot about that. But yeah. what I want to when I was talking about fundamentally, like you're still going at the, to the table, you're putting chips down, you're putting cards down. You're, you know what I mean? Like when you think about the tournament setting, you know what I mean, and that and that kind of aspect of it. I don't feel like this is like any different from any situation that we've experienced in the last 
what I don't know. Uh, how long has the game lot, uh, been out? Like eight and years. We're coming years up on the we're coming up on the ten year anniversary. Wow. Okay. So so I mean for ten years, you know, new ships come out, new upgrade cars, the meta changes. You know, in one point obviously also two point but in two point that was the twist with the points upgrades. So like the game just constantly evolved and evolved and it kept evolving, kept changing, but. The truth of the matter is the same exact activity is happening. You're still playing one-on-one with somebody at a tournament, and it's X-Wing ships that you're moving around the table. So I just I understand that, that aspect of it, and then we can talk about whether or not it's good or bad for the game. But I think overall, it's just, just trying to bring down the little bit of negativity is that we can still have that same environment. You still go to a tournament, yeah. have a fun time, meet some friends, put some X-Wing ships on a board, Somebody is still going to lose because of a fucking shitty dice roll. Uh, somebody is <laughs> yeah, still, a lot more shitty you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> somebody is still going to come to a tournament unprepared and bring a shit list. Like, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, of course. Somebody's going to bring something completely overpowered and then fucking steamroll everybody. Like, yeah. those things are still going to happen. No, and, it's and, the same exact situation. I, I, yes, in, 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 in those kind of broader strokes. Yes. I, I think the, um, and, and my suggestion to everybody is don't 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 just kind of give up on on the game. Like I've, I've seen some people post if they're listening like, to the podcast or they're not giving up on, the uh, game. on our podcast. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, th- um, this is probably like the sixth or seventh one that they've listened to in a week. Yeah. <laughs> but like, listen, you We're know, for the addicts, <laughs> listen, <laughs> don't don't give up. Don't give up. Uh, I think it's worth, you know, it's it's worth giving it a shot. Like I saw some people posting about how like they're going to take their thousands of dollars worth of excellent stuff and put it in a storage shed for right now. And it's it's like I don't really understand that point of view particularly either i mean i think at least give it a shot right you at least got to go to a few tournaments you at least got to try to try it out um so you know just give it the old college try is all i'm saying i this has me excited and you know this is why i'm here today and i like parts of it i I, i'm excited about parts parts of this for sure and and secondly um you know i just i basically i i kept thinking about it and you know the the whole situation world situation is is fucked it is what it is you know what i mean there's a lot going on um so i'm like you know what there's no excuses you know there's been an online community uh that's been pretty strong uh for the last couple of years um, I think this is a good segue for me to just say, fuck it. I'm going in blind just like everybody else. Yeah. Uh, so I can start playing some TTS again, maybe, you know, or, or whatever, some online X-Wing. Yeah. Uh, and I think that will always exist. So I, I, I think in general, hopefully, uh, this will bring some excitement. Uh, there are some limitations, I would say, still, uh, you know, with travel restrictions and, and all that jazz. Um, to really get back to what we were uh, before COVID, but yeah, I, in general, I you know I'm seeing a little bit more activity um, with with tournaments. Um, so hopefully, this will spring a little bit of that step. You know what I mean, and, and mm-hmm. kind of reinvigorate the the uh, the fan base for sure. Yeah. yeah, no, I think it will. I mean, I think there's a lot to be. I- I'm excited. I'm just excited for the fact that like this is proof that they're actually doing something with the game. I mean, for a long time, it felt like it's like they're talking about stuff and, and stuff is constantly delayed. And, you know, any sorts of news was kind of these dribs and drabs and very little weird things. And 
I don't know. It's it's good to finally see some concrete. Not that I didn't believe this was coming. I I, I fully believe that what they said, but it just sometimes when it just takes so long, you get to this point where you're like, I don't know if I believe it anymore. <laughs> it's like you start to feel like I don't know if this is actually going to happen, but we'll see. <laughs> uh, Joe, any uh, final thoughts uh, on this section? I mean, like I said, it's going to be fun to build lists because you're going to build these crazy combos, put this, that, and the other on there. I um I don't want to say this, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Thanks, beer. Um <laughs> this might just be the beer talking, but I like beer. Um This many upgrades reminds me of the end of 1.0. I think we're I think we're heading to to <coughs> Nim Miranda levels of upgrades on things. Yeah. I think there's a world in which that can be balanced and fun. And I'm going to wait and see if these guys are able to find that. But I think there's going to be a long period of just just straight brokenness until then. <laughs> there will be no balance. There's no balance for the next year. Nothing will be balanced for the next year. We may as well be playing Spellfire. <laughs> Yeah. Um, do you want to? Um, do you guys want to start going over the rules reference? Uh, some of the updates. I mean, yeah, we can some of the clarity. Go over some of the, the the bigger things in the in the rules reference. Um, there's there's a ton of stuff in in the new rules reference, so I would suggest um, you know going and taking a look at that. Um, we'll kind of go over a little bit of it, and um, you know we could probably do more in a future dates, but. Just in the interest of time for this evening. I think it's almost best just to go over what we thought was going to be in there and what's in there, right? Like, Road yeah. is in there. That's a thing that's that's happening. Well, so so here's a surprise. Range okay. zero, you can spend force tokens to attack. That's a big think? surprise to me. Such that's bullshit. a huge surprise to me. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm I personally am not happy with that one. I yeah. hate that. Like, A, I hate exceptions, just random exceptions in a game. B, I don't think force points were, like, struggling to find relevancy that you needed to boost them. And it doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah. it's just it's just random. Yeah. So there. It lacks professionalism. Uh, it's, I, very, it's very weird, especially because I was pretty sure they had stated that, like, yeah, there will absolutely positively be no modification of these dice, right? Like, in, in a stream. And then, uh, and now, and then, like first thing here is like force can like, force can do it. It's like, oh god, yeah, well, it just, doesn't uh, it make sense why force would be able to. It doesn't make any sense. I, like, I don't know, I don't know. I mean, I'm guessing it's kind of the same thought behind the fact, like, what is it? The uh, blinded pilot force can you can still use force to modify blinded pilot. Shots. Well, that's because there's blind Jedi. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. But this one, it's like the, the weird, the wackiest thing about that is that's the only token you're likely to have. Yeah. Like if you ran into somebody and you didn't get to take an action. Well, they, they I mean, you do, you do get to take an action if you run into an enemy ship. Now you get to take a focus. Yeah. With so, the stress. With the stress, but you still get to do something. Yeah. But you can't use I, that on the on the attack. And uh, by the way, they did also clarify, and uh, if you remember how um, that practice match that we played, uh, we were playing about the right rules. So basically, whatever caused the overlap yeah. is um, the ship type, the overlap uh, rule that you follow. The, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, so if you purposely block a formation, <coughs> then 
it counts as a bumping into an enemy if you bump into your own ship. Um, if you end up, if you find, if you yeah, end up. Now you can still. So okay, so is it the one that you would have landed on, or the one that you end up touching? The land that you would have landed on. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. So if the one, if the ship you would have landed for that caused you to bump in the first place. So if that ship is an enemy ship, you do the enemy thing. If that ship is a friendly ship, you do the friendly thing, which is you know roll a die, take a hit on a hit or crit result. Now the friendly thing would be to buy your opponent a beer. Yeah. If it's if if you're if you would have overlapped two different ships, an enemy and a friendly, you do the friendly thing, and um, yeah, so that's that's kind of the basics behind that. The other, um, you know, if you run into an enemy ship, which then causes you to do to chain bump back into one of your own ships, so you end up touching one of your own ships, you do the you're gonna do the 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 as if you ran into the enemy because that's the ship that caused your overlap um the uh i think that's kind of <laughs> the scenarios really but um, yeah so ba- basically like purposely bumping your ship into an enemy ship is not that big of a deal bumping your ship into your own ship on purpose is a very very bad yeah bad situation now you uh, can I think you need, i think you need to take the <clears throat> in pr- on purpose out of that sentence yeah well, you can cause. Well, but that's the whole thing. That's I think that's what they were. That's trying what they're to trying to avoid. Yeah, they're trying to avoid the fortress thing. The yeah, if you stuff. just randomly <laughs> f up or something gets blocked some other way, well, yeah. uh, as, tough as a as a blocker, you can actually still kind of cause havoc because you can still like if you block this, you know, a ton of times where you block one ship, one friendly ship, and that causes all the other ones to like run into it and then themselves. And it's not because they're overlapping you. It's because now they're overlapping that ship. So, so you can you can still create those blocks that that create all that friendly um, bumping that's that can cause a lot of damage. But they're all um, a little friendly bumping, so, right? So, so yeah, that's that's still that that that's gonna be that that can still be a legitimate um, a legitimate tactic um, for blocking. So, um, so yeah, that's 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 still definitely a thing. Um. All right. What else is in here that's uh, of super note? I I don't think there's anything else. On the, I mean, I don't know how much you guys have covered in your other episodes uh, from stuff that they've already talked about. Well, we've kind of talked Are you about. You saying you've not listened to it when you're not here? Yeah. Ah, oh, man. I've, I'm like halfway through one of them. Actually, <laughs> I think it's the only one. Yeah. Um. I, there's 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 a well. I mean, they didn't really. They gave so few details. Like stuff was very kind of nebulous for a long time, so you know. Are there uh, new? So there's some stuff that I'm not familiar with. I don't know if the Electro Shaft Cloud has been existing for a while. That's a newer one that came out with the First Order okay. Squad Pack that just came out. Um, so I'm going to explain the rules on those. Is that a regular? Uh, is that a regular obstacle? It 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 does count as an obstacle. Yeah, it is an obstacle. But is it on? It's not but it gets dropped, scenarios. right? It's part of an upgrade, a it device gets, or something. It gets dropped. Yeah, it's a device. That, it's a thing that gets dropped, and it has okay. like I think it comes with a fuse token. So it, I think it drops, and it's there for like one round, basically, and then goes away. But um, but yeah, that's that's they added that. They added some more clarity on that stuff. Um, here's another kind of interesting tidbit. Um, they changed the docking rules, so. Now a ship can dock at any time. Just by running into something. Just by running into something. So, so yeah. So after so after sh- uh, a ship 
partially executes a maneuver and overlaps a friendly carrier ship, it may uh, be placed in reserve. Um, if it is, do not resolve the effects of the overlap. So, so you can you can during your activation phase, you can just run into your your carrier ship and dock immediately. Um, <coughs> which, if I, For I what it's worth, I actually don't know what the docking rules were before. I so. think in the past you had to like get within like a certain range of the carrier ship, probably zero to one or something like that. And then during the system phase, the you could get picked up, kind of a thing. It was, I think, was how it kind of worked. I don't know. I, I never used docking mechanics myself. I, I've only seen them used a couple of times, really. But um, I, I, I do think that is actually just a cleaner way to do it. That, that makes more sense. Um, let's see. Uh, game length. So uh, so there are going to be, so it will be 12 rounds is standard. Um, and they the way, the official way that they want you to track this is to put 12 charge tokens down and flip them as you play through the rounds. Um, obviously, if you uh, have some sort of other uh, way of counting rounds, it's a little more efficient and less and I'm um, sure there will buttery. Be. Uh, and I'm sure that there are people, I, I already know that there, you know, there's places you can buy round counters and stuff. So uh, For the record, the, the Star Wars LCG um, included a Death Star-shaped uh, counter, like mm-hmm. a tracker that goes suspiciously up to 11 i'm sorry up to 12 oh and they several of them were given out as acrylic ones were given out as tournament prizes and stuff so you know go buy a core set for that game <laughs> yes and then play that one because it'll last longer mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh one of the other things i've noticed is that they've talked about so there is a banned and restricted list or there is a banned list currently there is a number of mentions of a restricted list um they have not released a restricted list yet so you may see um, that maybe the something restricted list was really weird too. Did you catch that you can play up to four restricted cards in your list? The uh, number no. was four. Really? Yeah, it was this. It seemed awfully yeah, uh, so it oddly during, specific in general at the same time. Yeah. Yes, during squad building, a total of four ships and upgrades from a restricted list can be included in a squad. This could be up to four copies of one upgrade or ship mm-hmm. or a mix of up to four selections okay. from among all of the ships and upgrades on a restricted list. Does yes. that seem really odd to anyone else? Uh, I, mean, I, I, think, just, it's I just, think it's just an oddball. Like, I, oh, I let's think, just pick yeah, four. I think it's just a way to prevent like like swarm spamming stuff, which... I guess, but four still four seems sh- Four ship swarm that's super <laughs> like, strong. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, what? It still <laughs> seems like enough to spam and be broke. I'm so yeah, confused. I don't, that I don't know. It, I don't know. <laughs> so, um, anywho, uh, what else did they do in here? So there's all the different obstacle rules now, which are slightly different than what they had kind of talked about. There was a couple little differences. Um, so... You know, each obstacle has its own uh, thing that happens um, with an asteroid. Um, if you if the ship uh, so if you run over an asteroid, either overlap or go through it, the ship suffers one damage. You roll an attack die on a hit or crit result. Uh, you suffer an additional damage. Um, so that's what I think they had kind of announced and what everybody's been playing with. Um, if you land on an asteroid or a debris cloud or a gas cloud, um, you lose your ability to attack. So you can't attack off of any of the normal obstacles anymore. Um, 
you can still attack off of any of these other sort of pseudo obstacles like electro trap clouds and loose cargo and spare parts canisters and uh the blaze thing which is a new th which is a new mechanic coming in the uh uh, coming in the new packs. Um, so, yeah. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, the Debris Cloud. So you get one stress token when you go through it. Uh, you roll an attack die. On a hit result, you suffer a hit. Um, on a crit, you suffer a crit damage. That was something that they had not specified earlier um, previously. So um, I think we had been playing playing it as if it was the same as the asteroid basically you roll and on a hit or crit you take a damage um then on the uh gas cloud uh so the ship breaks all locks that it has uh, or that are and that are on it um and then is assigned one strain token then you roll an attack die on a hit result uh you take an ion token and on a crit result you take three ion tokens so you can, uh, large-based or medium and large-based ships can get ionized on a crit result. And um, otherwise, you know, you also, if you're a small-based ship, uh, gas clouds are pretty brutal. You have a 50-50, basically, of getting ionized on them. So that's not great. <laughs> so uh, th those are the big ones for that. But you can you can go through and look at, like, the specifics of the, uh, I don't know. Do you guys have a question? Do you guys want to, you know, want to know about blaze or electro chaff clouds or any of that other no stuff. but i do want to point out that being on a gas cloud now you can't perform attacks yes yeah i don't know if that is a thing that people had talked about before um it's new to me i yeah i did uh yeah that 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 was something that they had mentioned was that it is you know, listed here clouds, as they change so yeah yes it, it is it, it looks like for as of right now all the obstacles that you can bring have that rule or you cannot perform attacks. All the normal obstacles, yes, have the yeah. you can't perform an attack while on them rule. So um, that is a that is a big section. Uh, they've added blaze in there, debris debris clouds, electro chaff clouds, and spare parts of loose cargo. Yep, that is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different things that could happen when you run over an obstacle. Uh, yeah, I kind of hope reference cards or something's coming for that because that's a lot. Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of these are you, you really just 99% of the time, all you're worried about is your asteroids, your debris clouds and your gas clouds, the the blaze and the electro chaff and the loose cargo and the spare parts. That's that's all stuff that like may or may not actually ever happen, depending on the, your enemies lists and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <clears throat> so um, they have kind of specified them all in here. But that's uh, that's how that works. Um, let's see. Oh, let's just do a quick overview of the mission points here. So the way you, you kind of, kind of get points throughout the game. Um, so at the start of the game, each player earns mission points equal to their opponent's deficit. Um, the first time a ship's health combined total hull and shields, including any modifications to hull or shield from upgrade cards is reduced to half or below rounding down. The opposing player immediately earns mission points equal to half the squad point value of the ship rounding up. Uh, when a ship is destroyed or removed from the game, the opposing player immediately earns mission points equal to half the squad point value of the ship rounding down. If that ship was removed from the game um, and had not been reduced to its half health during the game, the opposing player earns mission points equal to the full squad point value of the ship instead. It's a very long way to say the rules are the same. 
Yeah, pretty much. Uh, the rules are the same. Half points, half points. When it's dead, you get full points. Yeah. Well, um, it is. It, it may actually... <coughs> before, was the rounding the same? Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. I guess, well, okay, I say that, but I feel like the rounding was different when it was out of 200 points than when it's out of 20. No, Func- it, it was- no, I just mean functionally speaking. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah like yeah, like that sure. one extra point means a lot more than one extra point out of 200. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, well, that makes sense. I mean, half is half, right? Well, so. especially... Well, eh, well especially yeah. like right now, like if you're talking in a, in a scenario-based game where you can get victory points outside of killing ships, it's very conceivable that you half point a ship and it rounds up to a 20-point win condition. I think in a 20-point game... One point can decide a game much in a statistically more significant number of games than it can in a 200 point game. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? You're 10 times as likely to win by one point as you used to be. Yeah. So I think the rounding means more than it used to. But hey, it may never, for all I know. I tend to agree. But, well, I mean, um, especially because I really am sticking by, I think this Saturday at Cherokee. Most of your games will be won by somebody that gets ten to twelve points. I don't think people are getting to twenty. I yeah. don't think you're finishing games. I think you're getting to ten to twelve. Yeah, that's my bold prediction. Bold prediction. Bold prediction. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see what else we got in here. Um. There's a really bizarre, like, you know how they highlight the changes in here? There's one yeah. that's for attacks at range one, the attacker rolls one additional attack die. Yeah. I don't. How is that a change? I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm curious. Yeah, that one had my head scratching. I don't know. Oh, if... I'm guessing, you know what? It might be because um, it might have. They I'm may have replaced. Did, did, it use, did it used to say? I might have only said that for primary attacks before or something. Maybe. Maybe. It says for attack range one. It doesn't say for primary attack range. Yeah. Well, what I'm, what I'm, what I'm, for attack range one, the attacker rolls one additional attack. Yeah. I just saw that highlighted. I was like, huh. Well, it doesn't say primary. Have I been playing this wrong the whole time? Well, no, but it it doesn't. It doesn't. I mean, it. It. There are secondary weapons that get range bonuses. Now, you know, like if like has that that been the case before? Yeah. Yeah. It it has been in two point oh forever. Alrighty. Yeah. Auto blaster and such. I think actually what that may have used to say, like what they changed there, is that might, that might used to have said zero to one. Well, um, maybe uh, that might be what they for changed. all the people that were able to attack at zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're probably you're probably right, Steve. Steve, you're so smart. You're so, handsome. Uh, that's my guess. You're handsome. Because I'm not going to go back and look at the old rules and find out. Uh, <laughs> the old forget those even existed, Steve. Put those out of your brain. I don't want to think about. I can't burn them like the Jedi anymore. text. Yeah. Wait, we not to, wait, can we do spoilers for Last Jedi yet? Uh, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> In that case, it wasn't the sacred tax. <laughs> the sacred tax. <laughs> 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 oh gosh. Um. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of little things in here. Really, there's a lot. You you've hit it right in the head. There's a lot of little things. There's actually quite a bit of errata in this one too. There's a lot of errata. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna go with. Not that much, but yes and no, I guess. Uh, it's a pretty good amount. I mean, but b- pretty much any anybody, you know, any ships that had anything to do with attacking at range zero um, got an errata to, to basically say, like, Arvel and Oiken both now say, uh, if you're, you, when you perform an attack at range zero, treat it as attack range one, 
Um, so yeah, actually, I really kind of hate Arvel now, though. It's like, man, running into things seemed like a lot more fun before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like that seemed like a way better strategy before now, but hey. Yeah, um, there have been a lot of other interesting errata changes. Um, you know, primarily like the Nantex. Um, you know, they 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 for, well, first of all, hallelujah, they added the word fully. Into the into the freaking Nantex ability. A little which, late on that one. A little late, but I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> um, to, quote, to quote the brilliant actor Cheech Marin in the wonderful drama Ghostbusters Two, better late than never. Yeah. No one else has seen Ghostbusters Two, really. Yeah. No. No. I've the Doc Master's on the phone. He says the Titanic's here. <laughs> better late than never. <laughs> better late than never. <laughs> It's the second best line in that movie. Yeah, right. Um, they did also change. Uh, I think it's hysterical. They changed Luke when they said the whole time he was like the first card on the ban list. Yeah, he was like the poster child for we're gonna have a ban list. Like it turns out we're not gonna ban him after all. Yeah, yeah. They just uh, they they added so they changed Luke so that he now you now gain a deplete token when he uses ability. So, um, which is a pretty severe drawback for Luke. Um, that makes yeah. him far less useful. I found a, a little nugget here on the question and answer. What's that? So the question is, are optional abilities added to the ability queue uh, automatically when they are triggered? Or does a player make their choice by adding the ability to the queue? And uh, the new text here says that the players are not required to declare each ability as it enters the queue. However, if a player does not resolve an ability during the appropriate timing window, the opportunity to do so is lost. And I think that just clarifies that permanently uh, in, you know, rules form. Yeah. Because so I know that basically the rule says now no takesy backsies. Correct. And it's for op- uh, for for ones that would be optional. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's always been a discussion on whether or not. Um, if it could have triggered, it should have triggered kind of deal. What's a must and what's yeah, a, what's what a must. Yeah, exactly. We must, we must, we must increase our bust. Uh, okay. Um, well, you see, I don't want this to get bogged down in too much minutia. So I'm going to have my last two things and I will ignore the rules reference for the rest of time. Okay. <laughs> one minutia and one joke. How about that? The joke won't be very funny. The minutia might actually be better. Did you notice they went back on the no taking your miniatures off the peg thing? Oh, thank God. That was the stupidest freaking thing. I saw thing. that. Players I, may I now remove the miniature yet. from its plastic pegs until the conflict is resolved. God, <laughs> like, that was so dumb. It's like, gee, thanks. Yeah. And the other thing was, I like how, like, we can do spoilers for Empire Strikes Back. No, for Return of the Jedi, right? Uh, sure. Spend enough time? Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, I like how, like, Luke got errated, so his twin sister also had to be errated. That's yeah. Just how that goes, because they're twins. You know, they have to do everything twinsies. the same. Yeah, twinsies. That's all I had. Um... Chopper, uh, C110. Chopper Dave? Uh, they added fully to, to Chopper now, um, which is a good thing because that was pretty broken, being able to just run into people and give them jam tokens. Um, wow, that's stupid. So after you fully execute a maneuver, you can choose a ship at range 0 to 1 against jam token? Yeah. If I fully executed that, am I going to be at range 0? Uh, No. No. No, no, no. Statistic. I mean, it's theoretically possible. I guess it is like a super corner case. Yeah. (laughs) 
But regardless, they they changed it to fully. That used to be uh, that used to be that was one of the like the random that wave I think in particular was just like filled with like things that weren't fully execute for some weird ass reason. But anyway, uh, that feels like something he would do. But that's the rules reference, everybody. Go and download it off of some tiny one. One more, one more back, big one. Back moist. Yeah, Dank well, corner of uh, AMC's <laughs> website. One more, one, uh, one more, or two more big ones I want to talk about. Jeez, there. I'm Steve. sorry, but th- yeah, they're so, so we're trying Steve. to get out of this dark alley. I'm yeah, well, yeah. but this is these are this is important. Um, so it's like somebody explaining to you how he's going to stab you for like 40 minutes, and then <laughs> just, he doesn't even stab you; he just takes your wallet and leaves. You're like, I almost yeah. feel like that's a letdown at this point. I'm not no, 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 no. This is like the guy that he has the big long jacket, and he's opening it up, and he's got a whole bunch of fucking. <laughs> shit inside his jacket he's trying to sell you no no no, no. look check out what i have on this you want to buy watches no it just opens the other side you want to buy grandfather clocks <laughs> <laughs> i hope everybody is imagining that in their brain right now instead of paying attention to what seems about to say take well, thanks, it away steve th- thanks to abbott and costello this is now taking five minutes longer than it should have um <laughs> grappling struts uh and landing struts um you can now no longer perform barrel roll actions when they are open so you cannot put yourself onto an obstacle with uh with a vulture and then barrel roll off of it um so of course steve has tried to explain to me the significance of this earlier and i just no this we're is just awesome because I, it, was, it, it was the most annoying freaking thing ever when the worst part is i believe you but yeah. i just don't i didn't know there was i honest to god steve i didn't know grappling struts and landing struts were the name of two different cards yeah I don't want to know why those are different. I don't care. I don't care about any of this crap. That's fine. I won't explain that to you. But the you can no longer barrel roll when they're open. This is which is a good time for me to go get a beer. Which is great. Um, you know, because it was it, it got it was always just super annoying when like pe- people were like rolling onto rocks and barrel rolling off of them, and then you know doing that with like you know two or three of these these vultures and anyways. Um, so keep that in mind if you're a separatist vulture player. You can no Fuck longer, them vultures. You can no longer barrel roll while you're on an obstacle or while your shuts are open. So Screw remember that. the separatists. <laughs> I saw a lot of separatist ship. Man. Where are we going next? Because this might be relevant next. But man, I actually had some separatist builds I looked at today. Um. Yeah, well, I think where we're going now, well, it was uh, one last one, the Buzz Sword, uh, Buzz Droid Swarm agility has been reduced to one, um, so they're a little bit easier to shoot and kill now. Um, nope, no idea what that is. Yep. So that's yeah. the thing. But uh, yeah, I think that's uh, that's it. I think we're just gonna we're gonna hit the break real quick. How's that sound? Oh. So. Go to the Florida news desk here. We're gonna hit up the Florida news desk. So all right, we will be back. In a minute. This week in Florida, two sisters aged 29 and 31 were arrested at Disney Springs for misdemeanor domestic violence, battery, and disorderly intoxication. According to Disney security, both women were screaming at each other. After attempting to calm the situation, the security manager said one slapped the other in the face. At that point, both women began punching, slapping, and pulling each other's hair, according to the sheriff's report. The security manager pulled the two drunk guests apart. Once separated, Both sisters ran at each other, both slipping on the younger sister's vomit, then fell into the bushes while still fighting. The security manager stated the younger sister ran a few feet away and took off her dress, exposing her breasts. Shortly after, they began to punch each other again. 
The security manager and another cast member were able to separate the two again until the off-duty deputies arrived on scene. The fight apparently started because the younger sister does not like the older sister's boyfriend. Hey everybody, welcome back to the second half of Florida Man Plays X-Wing. Um, Alright, we're going to talk a little bit about the ban list. Um, we're just going to kind of go over some of the highlights on here. Nothing too super surprising is pretty much what they said. It's 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 almost entirely stuff that uh, peaks at dials or um, allows you to change your maneuver after after revealing your dial. So, um, but there's a couple of um, interesting little things on there. Um, Joe, what's what's one you wanna you wanna point out here? Um, I want to start with just the number. There are 27 cards in the band list. That seems to me to be a pretty high number. It's higher than I was expecting, but I also didn't. I wasn't familiar with a lot of these dial, dial peaking or maneuver changing abilities. Mm -hmm. So that was a thing. Um, there's a couple of things that I wish were not on this list. Um, inertial dampeners has been a part of the game for a very long time. And I feel like it's a good card that's very well, fairly well balanced in an upgrade slot that I don't think gets enough love. So I'm a little sad to see that go. Um, I was surprised to see stealth device on here and maybe you guys see this more often or have some more insight on that than than i do but i thought that was a really weird one because they also changed the point cost on that one and then banned it well so the ban list only applies to standard so all this sure, stuff sure. is still usable and extended basically um, they got rid of the scaling point cost on it and then banned it anyway so it's like okay yeah well. yeah it's Fine. it's a little well they got rid of the scaling point cost on everything sure which was you know they, they flattened all that all those points out so okay um that one is a little strange to me stealth device i mean i it stealth device kind of had a couple of moments here and there where it got used in some stuff like i've i've seen it used to some degree of success on ray and honestly the best thing i've ever i've seen stealth device on in 2.0 at all is probably whisper and then like a close second would be the eight two actus um ne but never the thing i put it on thanks steve which would i you put it on oh i always put a stealth device in the falcon that's like oh, the first yeah. thing i do well like, I, I put it, it i put it on before i put me and numb on it i know i said ray ray's on a falcon uh, yeah but i don't play that falcon. ray's ability specifically just works well with it that's true but um but uh, i actually think the i think the rebel title works really well with it yeah, I mean, like all of a sudden that becomes a very different ship for a yeah. mild point cost yeah. adjustment. Um, the last thing I want to throw in my take on this one is there's two cards on here that I, if you were to ask me which ones I would take off this list, it would be between the Boba Fett um, crew and um, the Han Solo Jaded Smuggler, which is the Resistance one. Because mm -hmm. I've always found those abilities interesting, but not in any way, shape, or form good. Yeah. And to segue into our next topic, I think they would have had a moment in the sun when scenario play started out. Mm -hmm. Like it would have been a finally that Han would have been cool and he would have been cool in a very thematic, very Han kind of way. Yeah. Where you got to start next to the the tokens or objectives or whatever the fuck whatever they are in this game. And that would have been really cool. I think he would still would have been expensive and probably overcosted, and maybe he would have seemed better than he is. Mm -hmm. 
But like for the Boba Fett one, he's competing with actually actually putting Boba Fett in your list. Yeah. And I feel like that right there is enough of a balancing factor. But I think they just didn't want to deal with having I, to balance the possibility I, of starting think, next to objective. Yeah, I think it's just that those two cards were so specifically good at scenarios. Um, that's that's really kind of the... Yeah, but, they, but that Han finally would have been good, and he's been bad for quite yeah. a while, and he's Han. Yeah. So, I don't know. I would have liked to have seen it, but that's personal preference, yeah. so... Carlos, Carlos, you got anything on, on this list that you wanted to mention? No, I mean, I, I've i never liked um, doll picking um, cards, yeah. so I'm fine with those being banned. Um, things that change their maneuver uh, before um, they would maneuver, definitely, I, I remember plenty of times saying that's bullshit because yeah. that would set up the perfect block and... You know they have the liberty to just change. Um, well, then it wasn't really the perfect block, then, was it? Well, you know what I mean, though. Like basically, you know where they're, you know where they're gonna go, uh, or you know what the optimal choice is. But uh, this is the whole problem with the phantoms. You know, back before they changed the the cloaking, the decloaking, and and all that stuff. It's just a, it's a huge advantage to be able to adjust. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. after you've set the maneuvers and and for 90 percent of the list to have that uh basically be the rule is just so you set your dial and that's you're done you don't get to change your decision and then there's some cards that let you cheat that i don't know yeah. it's just, I, I it always left a bad taste in my mouth unless i used it right <laughs> and, and, well no, so, actually you have a good point because it's somebody that played fetigator all the time back in the day you know fat with a navigator on there it always felt like it was going to be so good, but most of the time it still wasn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. Its relevance <laughs> was like once a game, if that. Like so, I use Sacy, I use Sacy a lot. I, I had a list that I was um, considering flying, and I think it was like three Jedi or something like that. But uh, for a major tournament, um, but you know, it, it is what it is. Like I, I don't, yeah. I'm not going to miss them. Um, so that's really my opinion on those. I'm surprised about Stealth Device. You know, there are, there are some other ones that I'm like, sort of like, I don't know. Like, it doesn't sound like a terrible card uh, to be able to allow it or price it out in a specific way. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I had a couple things that I just wanted to bring up. Um, one is, um, you know, obviously supernatural reflexes and precog reflexes and advanced sensors. So, you know, stuff that lets you um, kind of take that action before you move um, and do some, you know, kind of get some other some extra action economy that way um that stuff all got you know removed uh one thing this is more kind of a psa than anything else because i've gotten this is probably the thing i've seen and received more questions on than (laughs) anything else from this from this uh points update or from these rules updates so far so it's very it's confused a lot of people that the delta 7b um configuration is on the ban list uh, the Delta 7B configuration card is on the ban list. The Delta 7B still exists. So what they have done is they have essentially created a whole secondary set of ships for the Aether Sprite um, pilot cards um, with all of the Delta 7B stats already on them. So if you look at the errata, um, uh, what is the errata, the X-Wing errata reference document, 
um all of the jedi the delta 7b jedi are in there so you now have um anakin you know and a delta 7b um as as its own separate card so these you can use these print and plays um to to kind of print out these errated versions and if you look at the point sheets they have their own separate point listings so there's the aether sprite delta 7 and the aether sprite delta 7b um, and they have different points values. So, um, so yes, the, the Delta 7B has not gone anywhere. It does still exist. They just put it on the ban list because they decided to create a whole separate set of pilot cards for it specifically. So that's, that's my little PSA, just because that question has come up a lot uh, over the course of the day. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess what they thought was that you essentially i i don't know I, I, you would have transferred the points i guess from the cost to the loadout value right so yeah. it kind of broke their concept yeah um because it did create a brand new ship um interesting uh interestingly enough that does mean that the title right is uh what's it the clt yeah, the, is the configuration laser targeting or whatever it is. Oh, uh, never mind. It looks like uh, just looking at the slots, it looks like that is not available for the Delta 7 beats. No, it is not. It is restricted to the Delta 7s. Got so it. it they, they added a restate. They eroded that to add Look, a Look, it's, it's almost like they thought about it. It's almost like they thought about it. Um, so, yeah. So, so that that's how that stuff works now. Um, but if you were looking for... Uh, your Delta 7Bs, it's a whole different ship, um, not just a, uh, not just an upgrade anymore. So keep that in mind. All right. Um, anything else on the ban list or are we going to move on to scenarios? I think we should move on. All right, moving on. So scenarios. Um, this is another kind of like, uh, for me, this is kind of like right there behind um, the most, uh, the, the biggest, craziest, most surprising thing of the day was the points and like, and how squad building is going to work now. I the, think the scenarios are the craziest and the points is the biggest surprise, but yeah, yeah. But the scenarios were more expected because we pretty much knew how the scenarios were. We had a pretty good idea of how the scenarios were going to work. Um, but now we have the official rules for the scenarios. Um, so we can talk about that. So we'll start with the assault at the satellite array, and this one has probably gotten the most coverage because this is the one that they they actually did a playtest of on the stream um, back in December, whenever that was. So um, scenario setup: uh, you take control of the satellite array before enemy forces do. You get five. There are five satellites. Um, you still use obstacles in this. So you're going to have six, you, you can use six obstacles either like as normal asteroid debris or gas cloud. Um, uh, you follow the setup rules with the following exceptions. So during the placed ops place obstacles step at the start of the place obstacle step of setup, place one satellite in the center of the play area centered at range 4.5 of all board edges. Then starting with the first player, uh, players take turns placing the remaining four satellites at range three of the center satellite and beyond range two of each other satellite. 
the first satellite placed by each player must be placed within range two to four of their board edge. The second satellite placed by each player must be placed within range two to four of their opponent's board edge. Once all five satellites have been placed, players place obstacles as described in the rules reference. Obstacles cannot be placed overlapping a satellite. So that's that's the basic setup. Um, in the uh, also in that errata document, that print and play stuff, there is a one point five uh, principle range ruler. <laughs> so uh, it's actually in this uh, document. Oh, it's, it's in this. It's, yeah, it's, it's in this document. It's, it's in. It, it is in. I believe it's in both documents. So um, I mean. I complained about it on our oh, Discord. Oh, no, it's on the I mean, one. Never mind. At the end of the day, I mean, it just goes in the middle of the board, right? Yeah. Like, it just goes in the middle of the board. Yes. Yeah. Goes in the middle. Um, you measure that out how, however you see fit. Um, I would imagine the easiest way would be probably to, you know, just... Bring six range rulers with you. Well, most people all. have... Most people have... At this point, most people have the... The, the range ruler sets with a range three, a range two, and a range one. So you put a range three and a range two together. You, that'll give you range five. If you each put one of those down, then you can use that to kind of center that that token. So, um, so yeah, you can do it that way. But all right, now as far as scoring for this uh, scenario goes, at the start of the end phase, each player earns one mission point for each satellite under their control. A player controls a satellite if they have more ships at range 0 to 1 of the satellite than any other player. When determining control of a satellite, medium and large ships count as two ships. When a ship is destroyed or removed from the game, the opposing player earns mission points uh, equal to the squad point value of that ship. So, uh, one thing to notice in this is that there is no mention of half points. So, um, I... Do not believe that any of the scenarios, except for, um, except for the uh, chance engagement, um, in, include half points as a way to earn points. So uh, keep that in mind uh, <laughs> that you do have to fully kill a ship in uh, in at least assault here at satellite array, and I think the other three that, uh, that aren't chance en engagement. So. Um, so yeah, that's how you score points. You, you, you either control the satellite, or you have, uh, or you kill ships. So the satellites don't. Get the <coughs> so the satellites never come off, right? No, they're they're no. there all the time. Doesn't nothing nothing can affect them. They're just there. There are basically two on your side of the board, two on your opponent's side, and one in the middle. Yeah. What's stopping you from just kind of like flying around and staying on your side of the board? I don't know. Like, nothing. How does that force engagement? Um, I mean, it gets you towards the middle of the board, and if you're going to try to sit there and kind of park around one of them, then I guess your opponent could spread out and try to and try to control three of them, for example, while you're only controlling one or two. So, I mean, I don't know. It, it kind of depends. But, I mean, there's also just the general inertia of the game. It, it is kind of hard in X-Wing to stay in one spot. And... And also the the overlapping rules, kind of the new overlapping rules, make it even more, much more difficult to do it. I think so. the bigger strategic question is how do you place the obstacles around these things, right? Like, oh yeah, it's like I feel like is the play that you just put an obstacle between your opponent's board edge and they're they're easy to get to one, so that to try to do some maneuvering to oh, fly around it. Yeah, there's a I mean, there's, is that is that the math wing way of like this is what you should do ninety eight point two percent of the time. Yeah, that's. 
I mean, that's for sure going to be the way to play these is, is that you're going to use your obstacles to try to make it as difficult as possible. You're going to try to create the most advantageous lanes for you and the least adv advantageous lanes for your And opponent. there's this weird bluffing thing where you take your, your tiny mustache uh, asteroid and you put it near one of your tokens so your opponent can't put anything near it so you can easily fly towards it. But yeah. you do that at the expense of putting an annoying token in front of their uh, ob obstacle in front of theirs to try to. Yeah. And now I've gone cross-eyed. Yeah, it, it, there's a little bit of a uh, emphasis, more emphasis here on a turn zero strategy, and there already was. You know, what I mean, I think that right. Uh, some Keep of the in best. Mind, you're placing these satellites before you place your obstacles. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what I'm important. saying. So, like, even before, like, with just the asteroids, just the obstacles. Like some of the best players in the game would put a very, very big emphasis on where they would specifically want to put their asteroids. Yeah. So like with this is just adding five more things uh, on turn zero. So it'd be five mm -hmm. plus six. Now it's 11 things. Well, one of them obviously is always centered. But you're adding more things to put on the board that are dependent yeah. on that turn zero strategy. I mean, I mean the, people the that know... The satellites themselves aren't going to have a whole lot of wiggle room. I mean, just if you look at the way that these are structured as far as how they have to be placed, um, they're going to be in basically the same spots every game. Um, but uh, the the obstacle placement, I think, afterwards is going to be super important. Um, setting up, you know, setting up any sort of, like, way to make it harder for an opponent to get to certain... Um, certain satellites um, is going to be hugely important. It's going to be weird. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm kind of looking at it, right? So I'm looking at it as a radius. If you kind of see the radius, uh, range three radius around that obstacle. Well, I mean, each of those squares is a range band, right? Like, right. Exactly. The map is in this thing. So that center one being within range zero to one of that is basically being in the center square in the Hollywood squares. Who's mm -hmm. who was always the center square? Wasn't there was it the same person? I uh, I don't remember. All right. Well, either <laughs> way. I mean, it feels like there's probably like a leapfrog thing where you go to the two that are by you, then you converge on the one in the center, or you have some some A-wing or interceptor that can go from the one on the left side by your board to the one that can go on the right side, and you hop back and forth, and I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Well, uh, the one thing I was looking at was just specifically the radius of that range three is basically pretty much anywhere where you can place an asteroid. So I think you're right, um, Steve. I, th I think that they'll be close enough uh, to each other that I think it'll force you. You can't spread them around too yeah. much. Yeah. Uh, here, I'm actually going to draw a circle on this. I'll send it to you guys so you can see what I'm seeing. Yeah, it's right on the edge, so it's closer to the edges of the board. Mm -hmm. um, but it is uh, range two from the corners. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'll send the picture in the Discord so you can yeah. see. Um, all right, one last. Uh, let's go with the victory conditions here real quick. So at the end of the end phase, if only one player has ships remaining in the play area, they win the game immediately. At the end of the end phase, if one player has 20 or more mission points and has more mission points than their opponent, the game ends. At the end of the 12th round, the game ends. 
at the end of the game, if both players have at least one ship remaining in the play area, the player with the most mission points wins. Um, and then as far as specific scenario rules, um, a, a scenario feature is a type of marker that is placed into the play area to facilitate scenario play. Uh, scenario features are objects but cannot be moved, attacked, damaged, locked, or destroyed unless specifically stated in a scenario rule. Scenario features do not obstruct attacks. And a satellite is a scenario feature. So, For what it's worth, those victory <coughs> conditions and the scenario rules, I have not found any difference between the four scenarios on those things. Uh, yeah, they're pretty much the same. Yeah. Um, one scenario doesn't use satellites, it uses supply caches instead, and has a different rule there. But the scenario features rules are the same in every one of these. Yeah. Same thing with the victory point, the victory conditions. Um, yeah. That's the same. So yeah, these these scenarios aren't super. They aren't super different from each other, which I'm kind of ha I'm I'm happy about because I think. One of the things that, like, I've never been a big fan of scenario play, but that comes a lot from my past experience with Imperial Assault. And um, I always felt like the scenarios in that game were way too specific and different. And they rotated so quickly through um, through the tournament season that it was really um, it was really hard to keep up with what was happening with the meta and with anything any at any given moment in that game because the uh because the scenarios were changing all the time and they were so drastically different um these ones aren't all that different from each other they do have they are they obviously have some different types of ob objectives and you are doing some different things but it is all kind of revolving around largely the same a pretty similar format so it it doesn't it doesn't they don't feel too different which i'm i'm like i said i'm just happy that they're not like some like weird crazy stuff um it, it, it all seems relatively straightforward and i also think that there's you know there is some room for not really caring about the scenarios too much and just trying to blow up your opponent right <laughs> well <clears throat> it adds a little bit more to you know positioning uh, because, you know, usually it's positioning with the intent to shoot at somebody, you know what I mean, on, on the opponent's list. Yeah. This <coughs> adds a certain factor, either a distraction uh, for your opponent. So the opponent goes, oh, I'm going to get easy points. Mm -hmm. uh, and they open themselves up for in a flanking position. Or the opposite is, you know, they try to play a safe game, playing on the edges, you can just... You know, okay, fine, and then just go straight for the uh, yeah. the satellite if they can't react uh, quick enough. So yeah. it just <coughs> sorry um, adds a little bit. Carlos, to that how strategy. dare you be dying on the podcast? <laughs> oh my goodness! What a jerk! So so let's go over the chance engagement real quick. This one this one's pretty pretty quick. Um, basically, you get one satellite instead of five, um, and then this just goes in the middle of the board. And uh, this one's basically the dogfighting one, right? It the the only thing that this uh, satellite is there for is to try to force um, sh people to move to the center of the board. Yeah, so, but it's not a it's not a the number of ships at the center of the board. It's they control if they're the only player at range one. Or, I'm sorry, range zero to two. Zero to two of it. Yeah, that seems difficult. Yeah, yeah. That means kill stuff. 
Yep. Yeah, as I say, it seems difficult without a lot of payoff, so meh. Yeah. So you basically are – it's basically just like you have to be there. It's um, – so if somebody's there, then – if you if you don't get in there, they're just gonna they're gonna score points. And cheese so a couple on you. It's yeah, really, really all this is doing is just trying to force engagement. Um and then it works basically the same way as the other ones. Um as far as the other one as far as like scoring points, you you earn points for you earn one point for controlling the satellite. Uh but like Joe said, you only control it if you are the only player to have a ship within range zero two. If it's contested in any way, nobody gets anything. Uh, when this one does have half half health, so when a ship is reduced to half its health, um, it you get those points. Um, those points are permanent; they don't go away. You can't regen back above half, or you you can, uh, but they're not going to get your, the points aren't going to go back. Um, uh, and then the same, you know, when the ship is destroyed, you get the rest of the points. Um, uh, I, I hate to take this back and i mean I, this question may be answered here but just what happens on the last victory condition when it says a player with the most mission points wins what happens if you got the same mission points um that is a good question sir um they have not uh, i haven't seen anything about about tiebreakers yet really unless i missed it somewhere and and i very well could have there's a lot of information in all this stuff but um, if you want to search around and see if you can find that. <coughs> so anyways, this, this chance engagement, it's just dogfighting basically with, with a little bit of a objective in there to try to force you into dogfighting. Um, all right. So next up, we got the salvage mission. Uh, this one, you get five supply caches, uh, and then you follow the setup rules. With the following exceptions, uh, determined player order. So at the end of the determined player order step of setup, the first player becomes the red player and the second player becomes the blue pa blue player. Each player flips their player markers to the matching color side. Um, place obstacles. At the start of the place obstacles step of setup, place one supply cache in the center of the play area for and a half range from the board edges. Then, starting with the first player, players take turns placing the remaining four supply caches at range three of the center supply cache and beyond range two of each other. Uh, the first supply cache placed by each player must be placed within range two to four of their board edge. The second um, supply cache within two to four of the opponent's board edge. So basically the same exact setup rules as the, uh, as the satellite mission. Uh, once all five caches have been placed, uh, players place obstacles as described in the rules reference. Obstacles cannot be placed overlapping a supply cache. Uh, for scoring in this one, at the start of the end phase, you earn one mission point for each supply cache on a friendly ship's card. When a ship is destroyed or removed from the game, the opposing player earns mission points equal to the squad point value of that ship. So those are the two ways to score in this particular scenario. Uh, victory conditions are... This exact same as the other, um, as the uh, satellite mission. Um, scenario features, it had the same thing with the scenario features. The supply caches can't be um, destroyed or anything like that. Uh, there is a scenario action called tow. Scenario, ac scenario actions are white actions that are available to every ship in the play area during a scenario play. A ship can perform a scenario action only during its activation and the activation phase. Therefore, a ship cannot perform a scenario action if it is granted an action at any other time. 
Tow. When a ship performs a tow action, you choose a supply cache at range 0 to 1, remove the chosen supply cache from the play area, and place it on the ship's card. A ship can have only one supply cache on its card. Then place one of your player markers next to the ship's miniature to show that it is towing a supply cache. At the end of a ship's activation, a ship may choose to jettison its supply cache. If it does, remove the supply cache from the ship card, and then the opposing player places it in the play area play area anywhere in the air in range one of that ship uh while a ship is towing a supply cache it cannot execute advanced maneuvers uh perform slam actions or be coordinated if a ship must perform an advanced maneuver it immediately jettisons its supply cache as described above when a ship that has a supply cache on its card suffers a crit damage or is destroyed the supply cache is jettisoned Remove the supply cache from the ship's card, and then the opposing player places the marker in the play area at range one of the ship. So, so yeah, so this one's, you know, you run around, you pick up your your token, and you 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 try to keep it away from the <laughs> from the opponent and score points with it. So um this one I think is one that can kind of, that could, you know, lend itself towards a little bit towards um Aesir kind of play uh because you know i could see i could see taking like a Sinterfell or or uh somebody else that's like you know fast and agile and getting no, this one this one looks fun i mean yeah. this one sounds like a you know cat and mouse you know type of gameplay um so you know i i played a lot of yeah Sinterfell back in the day and mm-hmm. it's just when you were like range three with an obstacle, with a focus, with a stealth device, like you just you can't get hit. <laughs> Auto yeah. thrusters. So like playing that kind of uh, that play style is fun for a lot of people. Yeah, and I definitely think in the right squad, like I'm, and this is where squad building does get a little is, does get so interesting with the scenarios and everything. Like trying to figure out how to construct a squad that can at least compete in all of the scenarios um or you know you you maybe try to min max and you think that you can make a squad that's really really good at it like you know two of the scenarios um and you kind of have to you know make or three of the scenarios but you got to punt on one of them maybe so it's this is kind of where the squad building gets interesting and you kind of see what people are going after um you know what they think is the best way to to, to win in a tournament so well, so so far, so we've we've seen three, right? And yep. the first one, um, very much a numbers game. Uh, so obviously, it depends on how many ships are within um, an area. So it's kind of controlling area. Yeah. Uh, second one really just seems like a just go at each other and, and just duke it out. Yeah. Um, yeah just this third it. one is more of a defensive uh, kind of mindset and um, play style. So, um, I mean, so far, there's definitely three different strategies here. Um, yeah. I haven't actually looked at the fourth one yet, so I'm excited about that one. Yeah. All right. So, let's, uh, Joe, you got any thoughts on that one before we move on? I mean, it makes me feel decent about these scenarios that I don't think they're they're not super complicated. I think the most complicated thing is actually the setting up of the other asteroids or the other the other objects or yeah. scenario features wherever they are. Like I find that irritating. But I mean, that's me with a lot of these changes. I don't think they're bad. I'm annoyed with a lot of them, but I don't think they're bad. Yeah. Like I don't like charge tokens to try to figure out what round it is. I don't. Mm-hmm. 
I don't necessarily like the number of upgrades that'll be out here, but I don't think any of these are bad. They just kind of irk me and poke me wrong. Yeah. But I mean, actually, I think they'll be fun. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm excited to try them out, and I'm excited to start kind of because. I'm, I'm excited because I, you know, I, I want to start playing these and like, I'm very tactile kind of and visual when it comes to this stuff. So like, once I start playing these and like, understand kind of going through it and really doing it, I, I you know, I'm, I will probably figure them out much better and like figure out my tactics and figure out stuff like that. So I'm, I, I'm and figure out how I want to build my squads and what kind of stuff I want to have in my squads in order to deal with these scenarios. So, you know, but it's something I need to do through, through practice like I, I i'm not i can't theory craft that right i i need to actually get out there and do it so. yeah i'm the same way i i need reps <laughs> give yeah. me reps and i'll be like okay that makes yeah. sense <laughs> so um all right the last one here is scramble the transmissions um the mission objective scramble the transmissions from the satellites to deny enemy forces valuable information uh, so this one, uh, same as the other ones, you get your six uh, obstacles, you have your five satellites, um, players follow the setup rules uh, with the following exceptions. So you determine and determine player order at the end of the determined player order step of setup. The first player becomes the red player and the second player becomes the blue player. Each player flips their player markers to the matching color side. At the start of the place obstacles step of setup, place one satellite in the center of the play area. Blah blah blah. Same as everything else. Four and a half from the. Board uh, by the way, and if, uh, for the determinant player order is just strictly for the place obstacle stuff. Like, there is no effects here in the actual game type. Um. No, I don't. Uh, what do you mean? I'm like. So, like, determining player order, it says, yeah. says it really boldly, but I think it's just for the place obstacles. Like, there's no advantage being first player or second player in this game. In the random player order aspect no, of it, you're still you know using what I mean? our, Yeah, you're still using random player order. You're you just, don't play offense or defense, basically, yeah, yeah, is what yeah. I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. The being player one or player two is irrelevant. Yes. Yeah. It's really just there to – this part is literally just there to set up a red team and a blue team um for i actually okay let me talk a little bit of shit because that's really sort of my brand i love the maps they put up here for the scenarios yeah i don't know if you've noticed but all four of them are the exact same map yes yes which just shows you how to set up the ships you've done a million times before and also how to put something in the middle of the board yeah (laughs) thank you captain obvious slash mr useless as fuck That's my. That's uh, yeah, an, an example with all the tokens and all the options. Might have been handy, yeah, except Might there's none really of that. Handy. It's like literally like, here's <laughs> the one thing that you need to put in the middle. But yeah. it's it's funny only because, A, it's funny. Um, B, it's also, that's how they do it in Crisis Protocol is they have the maps that show you where all the things go. Mm-hmm. And it's something that they imported from there. And I think it's fair to say that Atomic Mass is going to attempt to import into X-Wing things that they already do. It's part of the design philosophy from Crisis yeah. Protocol. They yeah. even said that in the the episode I listened to of a different podcast. Yeah. Um, so that's something I found interesting. It's like, I love that you guys put a map in each of these. Do you have any idea how useless this is? Yeah. I mean, um, it's also interesting in a more productive sense to say that the scenario setup <coughs> is a lot of the same information in all four of these mm-hmm. the scenario rules including what a scenario feature is and the fact that a satellite scenario feature is the same in all of these the yeah. victory is the same in all of these yep yeah like, i mean I, I, I think they're giving themselves room to do it differently 
but right now they're not. So yeah. I mean, it's just well, like the place. So like the place obstacle step is the same for all three of these as it is, except for the um, you know, three uh, except for the chance encounter or chance engagement where you where you just only have the one thing instead of five. But um, but they're all the they're all the same otherwise as far as placing these these um these things down these satellites um or the or the the caches. So um. Scoring. Can we talk about the uh, the scenario rules um, for this one? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm getting there real quick. Um, so scoring in this. I interrupted is the same. Carlos. I'm sorry. <laughs> scoring I've been drinking. Is, scoring is the same. You you know you earn a mission point for each satellite you controlled in the end phase. Uh, when a ship is destroyed or removed from the game, the opposing player earns mission points to the value of that ship. No half points, just like everything but the chance encounter or chance engagement. Um, same victory, twenty points. All the, all those same things. Um, scenario feature it talks about again, which the satellite is a scenario feature, and then there's the scenario action, which is the scramble action. Um, and let's see, uh, it's the same scenario action rules. You know, it's a white action that everybody has access to. You can only perform it during uh, its activation phase. Uh, therefore, ship cannot perform a scenario action if it's granted from any other time. So scramble. Uh, when a ship performs a scramble action, those satellites uh, choose a satellite at range 0 to 1 and place one of your player markers on the chosen satellite. If the chosen satellite has another player's marker on it, roll an attack die. On a focus hit or crit result, replace their marker with one of your own. On a blank result... Oh, God. I'm getting emergency alerts on my phone. Um, it was a blue alert, by the way. So No, it was not an amber alert. No, no, it was a blue a So Amber's blue not alert. mad at you? No. A blue alert, I think, is like uh, an old person who's missing. No, um, so no, blue, a, blue alert is cops getting shot. Oh, is yeah. It? yeah. Yeah, blue alert is a police who. Yeah, police, well, police officer do down. A, why would they do an alert for that? An EAS alert. That's weird. I, I, they started uh, doing it. Um, yeah, so anybody that shoots a cop automatically comes up. On a blue oh, alert. oh, I see. I see the uh, mugshot right here. Yeah, I'm looking at it. Oh, Florida man. Definitely a Florida man. Damn it! In the middle of recording. Gregory Ryan. <laughs> oh, I just got Mia Demma, last seen in the area mm-hmm. of US 19 South Deer Run Road in Perry, Florida. Uh, we near me. Anyways, Perry's uh Perry's up in the northern uh, Florida. Florida yeah. area, which so is probably why I got the. <clears throat> yeah, it's a it's it's in the middle of nowhere, so. Yeah. All right. Anyhow, um, so yeah, so on a focus hit or crit result, replace their um, marker with one of your own. On a blank result, remove the opposing player's marker, but do not replace it with your own. Uh, while a satellite is marked with a player's marker, that player controls the satellite. So this one's you know obviously interesting because you can mark things and then you know you don't have to stay there and defend it necessarily um you can and you can continue to gain points for them so uh i think this one's cool because you can like it you can kind of go really on the offensive you know if like if you could mark a couple of like a couple of these satellites on the way into an engagement and then just like make it so that your opponent really just gets distracted and like into a into a dogfight um and then ne- and then never can never really you know shut them down then you uh you know and you, 
so you can do pretty well. It essentially can end up basically just like a dog fight, right? Like if you both go in and you both like trigger like two or three of these things and then you basically just have a dog fight in the middle of the, in the middle of the board it's basically just like like a chance engagement so for well for me for this one this was a little bit of a mix and when i started thinking about it because um, it's so i i related to this uh to like call of duty um <clears throat> like first player um sh- uh, first person shooters mm-hmm. when you're playing domination right yeah. so you, <clears throat> you usually can just capture a spot you don't have to stay there. You can just leave. You know what I mean? So if nobody goes and attacks it, you just get free points. Yeah. Um, so this is how I kind of feel in this play style is that you can uh, kind of tag some satellites and then just kind of dip out and then get in a fray with some other ships. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get to collect those points because you're forcing the battle somewhere else. Um, yeah. So I just think that there's some strategy there to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely going to be all kinds of strategies to dealing with this. And I think, and, and honestly, really, the more I look at these, um, one of the things that I think they they keep, uh, the AMG guy, developer guys keep talking about is, you know, how you can build your squad to do a specific mission, you know, scenario and like, but you can't really build a squad that can do all four. Um, I think that's where the 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 best players are going to separate themselves is is being able to not so much that they can necessarily build a squad that is great at everything but being able to understand the tactics and strategies needed with the particular squad they chose to take and being able being able to make that squad work in 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 uh, in these in in a scenario that it wasn't necessarily built for yeah i um, I think flex- flexibility is key, right? Yeah. So it, it's every every single time that you know we deal with a new meta, you know, and all that stuff. Um, you're you're trying to reduce the effect of randomization, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, this is just I, I I think you know I'm assuming. Um, I'm this I'm really glad you said that, Carlos, because and I I apologize for having my role on the show be the guy that that can't think of a positive thing to say right and i really do genuinely apologize for that because i i think in a lot of games these scenarios would be very fun but i think what carlos brought up there is important is that there are there are very competitive power type players right Mm -hmm. people that know the game and practice it a lot and will do turn zero and one ten times in a row to understand it right yeah I can tell you what those players are going to do to these scenarios and they're going to do it very quickly and it's going to be shocking to AMG and to a lot of the player base. They are going to math wing out where these objectives go. These these scenario features, the yeah. satellites and whatever tokens or whatever. Yep. They're going to figure out turn zero where they need to deploy to get to them first turn. They are going to math out the scenarios where they need to send each of the ships in their squad to get them, land within the correct range to activate them, you know, tow them, yep, tag them, whatever, yeah. get a point for them first turn, and then get it second turn by doing a specific maneuver to still be within, you know, to still be within zero and one next turn. Yep. And they will have planned where the regroup is after they've tagged their initial objectives to tag the middle objective. <laughs> yeah. What maneuvers they need to do to get there and still be in formation. Mm-hmm. 
And I think it's going to be a lot of fun to play against people of your similar skill level where you are still improvising and still doing what needs to, you know, to to, to have a, a game with randomness, right? Yeah. And you are definitely in a tournament going to play against some people where that randomness does not exist at all. It just won't. There will be no improvisation from, from high-level tournament players that know exactly where to set up their squad, know where to put the obstacles, and know where to put the satellites on their side, and how to get their first turn, get the points, possibly be in the exact spot you need to be the second turn. And in the third turn, they will converge on that middle one in a a field of fire, kill box sort of way, so that you can't get to it. Mm-hmm. That will be 100% what they will do. Yeah. And, and you put it right there. Is there's a, no amount of rule changes. No amount of rule changes will change that from happening. Is is min-maxing, the like you said, the the math-winging, the, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. That will never go away. So, like, you can make sweeping changes and it's a new exciting game, but that doesn't go away. You can't shut that down. That train will always go. And depending who's there on Saturday, because like I said, this whole thing, the whole reason I want to do multiple episodes this week is I want to talk about going into Saturday blind. And then when you get the information, being able to process it as quickly as possible. Some of those people going into Saturday, whoever wins the tournament on Saturday will have already practiced these scenarios, will know their setup. They will have sat on fly casual or some of their buddy will have sat there all day Wednesday playing games with them or something. Yeah. Which we used to do back in the day, back when we were much more competitive. And they will have figured out exactly no, how to we set this up. Had more time. I know. I know. <laughs> this is also true. That that is a true statement right there. Yeah. The, I remember the, the obvious remember... number of kids, like the the number of kids we had ten years ago when this game came out, versus the number of kids we have now. Very different world. I, I remember when I was, uh, I think it was uh, training for regionals, and I played six games of X Wing in a single day. Like you have to understand, yeah, yeah. it was like it was seventy five minute rule at the time. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I played hours of X Wing at home, like on Vassal and shit. Like one, I, one for nuts. some tournament, I wish I could remember which one it was. We just showed up at Steve's house. He had to go to work. We just sat at his house and played X Wing until he got home, and he just hopped in the next game. We yeah. just did that on like a Thursday night, and then went to tournament on Saturday. Yeah, I I remember I, I remember doing late night. I think I played. Before that 2014 regional, Joe, Joe Travis came over and I, me and him played five or six games in a row of the same matchup. It was basically my, my squad versus the, versus a tie swarm um, until and I just be, beat my head against it until I figured out how to beat it. But like, you know, that's 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 a thing. But, it you know. Regardless, I don't, I don't think this scenario. Well, that's what I'm saying. Bad. Somebody somebody's doing that today. Right. Bad you know what I mean? thing. But I think the way they're designed, it's about positioning on a board, and someone will have already practiced that and known that. Yeah. It's like Steve always says about Imperial Assault. There are places on that map that were the right place to stand. Yeah. There are places on the map for these scenarios that are the right place to put your satellite slash supply cache or whatever it is. And there's a right place to set up to get to that immediately and efficiently, and then a place to regroup once you've done that. Well, if, if you guys the look opening at the, is scripted at this point. Yeah, if you guys look at the uh, the Discord, I, I posted a picture on there. Like I'm already math winging it out. You know what I mean? Yeah. I see the people, race three. Yeah, people people have you know already I mean? have already scripted how this game starts. Yeah, 
the game the real game will start on turn three after you've already done the things necessary to do to put you an advantage so that you already have your things and your opponent if he accidentally it's the same thing it always was like how many yeah. times did you make your opponent fly through a rock to get to you <laughs> and how many times did you win those games because he didn't know the right flight path at the beginning of the game it's the same thing yeah so i mean i'm looking at it right now uh here that range three band rule uh you can put um you can basically put um at least one of those satellites um within range two of your board edge so you'll be able to basically like you mentioned just control one from the start um and, and you'll have you done that math already. If you're if you're yeah. a legitimate competitive right. player, you will have said this is within range two of my starting area. I need to do a four straight to get to it immediately. Yep. I've already measured that out when I deployed my guys, so that I know that I'm yep. going to get there. I'm going to get there already, and I know where what maneuver to do next, so that all my guys converge with maximum firepower on the center one, and where I'm going after that. Yep, and that's exactly. all that's going to happen here. Yeah, like, you get to. I AMG think you get can, to pick can be two. like, well, this has co- completely created a different environment, and it definitely has not. Yeah, so I, I I think that we'll we'll still see, you know, the we'll see new complaints. You know what I mean? First, it was right. Most recently, was fortressing, and and um, basically spamming the same list at a tournament, just trying to work the bid, uh, so you can go uh, first. So like those are the two worst things, and that's what everybody was complaining about. Yeah. Guess what? With the scenarios and the point changes and all that stuff, there's going to be something new that somebody's going to bitch about, and the, the whole community is going to bitch about that is overpowered. Is that that doesn't go away no matter how many rule changes you make? No. So my yeah. my whole thing with this whole situation is that's what I'm like, kind of like I'm I'm trying to be like stay positive, but like it was. There was a lot of unnecessary change. Um, I, I, I just I'll leave change for the sake of change. Steve, Steve will have a better, better. Because like I said, I'm I'm an ex X wing player, so all I can do is is talk about why I don't play it that much anymore. I think AMG thinks they have inserted a lot of randomness and and a need for a tactical evaluation of the situation. I don't think they understand that X wing players live and die by rulers and templates and they've already measured this shit. Yeah. You know what well, I mean? I, I, they're, they're like, I want you to, it's like, I want you to guess how many jelly beans are in this thing. They think that's very random, but what they don't know is that X-Wing players have a range ruler and they know for each range band, the average number of jelly beans per jar. Like if you measure from the top of the table to range one in the jar, they know that that is 112 jelly fucking beans, right? Mm-hmm. That's what X-Wing players know. They know that for goddamn sure. It yeah. is the level of variance is between 106 and 118 jelly beans per range one band. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Well, I, basically what this what this boils down to and what really all of this boils down to, and I think this is where, like, this is kind of like where you have the, the, the some of the divide in, like, the in the community as far as, you know, these changes being good or bad or whatever. And I think what it what what it really kind of boils down to is that um these top level like like com- really competitive players are going to game the system no matter what the system is. It really does not matter. What 
Um, they're gonna find that they're gonna find, like you said, they're gonna they're gonna measure everything to the nth degree. They're gonna know all the all the information, all the stats. They're gonna they're, they're gonna math wing it. They're gonna do whatever it is. They're gonna figure all that shit out, and they're gonna find they're they're gonna min max it eventually. Um, and what AMG is, I think, really doing with all of this is they're putting a, a, a they're putting a layer of ambiguity on top to make the game feel um more like uh like to make to make it feel like you have more agency than you actually do they're providing equations with a large number of variables but for people that can do math that doesn't matter yeah exactly that's like if you is. if you can do the algebra it could have 14 variables you could still balance that equation if you know how to do math yeah for novices that don't know how to do the math, this looks impossible and just all kinds of complex and interesting. If you know how to do the math, you're just solving that. Well, and, and that's that's the whole thing. They, they, they were trying to like even the scales and, and, and the whole concept, right, was just to be like, it's going to be an easier barrier to entry. And it's not. It's not. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> Somebody, there's so many new rules and so like experienced players are going to be like, holy shit, I can't figure this out. And then, you know, some players are going to be like, I already figured it out. It took three three hours. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've already maxed everything out. I, I know how to set up my squad. I know how to set up my satellites. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the, that that will actually make it worse. <laughs> yeah. So, I you know, there was a little bit of randomization involved, but somebody will always find a way. You know what I mean? So... Some people find a way, and the, the 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 I think, and this is where it kind of gets to this point where so many people are kind of like are like just kind of shaking their heads at AMG because it's because like, a lot of people there's know. a naivety to it. There's well, a naivety to it where they they think that this is going to be a game changer. Yeah, you're not paying attention to these people that write blogs about turn zero. Yeah. You know or what I mean? They did or that turn, shit. Or turn, right. I mean, we've one. been doing this for ten years plus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's been going on a long time. It's been it's been theorized, theory crafted, and talked about, and played, and whatever, like a bajillion times over. And it's I, I don't think that there's really any amount of any any real change they can make that is going to stop a certain certain players from from min-maxing the system i i think i think overall it's funny because you know i i see the comparison with chess but it's almost like that it's like changing chess rules what like what imagine somebody changing chess rules today like what would that game these are people that have been playing the game for over uh, what a century like you know what i mean so I mean, obviously not oh, actively, but the, long, the, it's long, it's long existed time. a yeah. long time. So like, it doesn't matter what rules change you make. Like they'll know. They know all the pieces. They know what they do. They know how the board works. Yeah. They know everything about that game. If you change the rules, they will still find a way to win more often than not. Mm -hmm. So that's the same concept here. So it's like it doesn't matter. And that's like everything I've been arguing everybody's so excited they think oh amg fucking geniuses i can't believe it and then you start seeing the underlying information and then you start to really look at the scenarios you start looking at all this stuff are they though 
<laughs> like, are they? Like, I mean, yeah. and that's I mean, my it, central, it could be, my it central could be argument. Fun. Uh, it's it's going to be fun. Like I'm going to say this right now. It's going to be a fun game. I'm not yeah, going to. It will still not, play like, it. Yeah, I'm still going to play the game. It's still going to be a fun game. Like people are still going to like playing X-wing. That's that's not that's not really that's not really at a question here or really the point. It's it's just a different type of game, and I like I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure the juice is worth the squeeze. Is kind of what I'm getting. Exactly. I think I think Steve's absolutely right about that. I think we've added complexity without actually making it a more interesting game. Yeah. So I I don't know. You know, we'll see how it turns out. But I I just as I look at everything and as I'm kind of going through it, I'm just kind of I kind of go back more and more to this thing that like because the only way to to really do anything to kind of um avert like the uh to, to, to kind of slow down the min, the min maxing or, or the the math wing kind of stuff or whatever you want to call it or you know they seem to call it, they like the they think it's like a tower defense game or something i don't know but the only way to really do that is to add in like just shit tons of variants right and they've done that to some degree like they've just added in die rolls and 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 like you know just more kind of variance layers. Uh, for me, variance is uh, the random player order and also the range zero because yeah. uh, there used to be some control there, yes. uh, which is gone now. I mean, that that actually, Carlos has got a great point there because that adds a ton of randomness to the game because you're literally just chucking dice against somebody that's just chucking dice. Yep. Like that shot has like no relevant modifiers. You were literally just be like, well, I rolled two hits and you roll you blanked out so you're taking two damage and that's yeah, probably yeah. i mean there's a swingies point of the game i imagine oh yeah well i was playing with um well i think it was that game you and i played the other night carlos i think we had some chip we had uh we had like what one range zero shot that happened in that game and, yeah and i think i did, remember and, and it did nothing yeah. it was you know that that one that just happened to do nothing but, but it could it, have gone the other no, way. No, it could have, could have been, been a really bad. Game. Yeah, that, that could have easily w- been three damage. You know you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I, I won a tournament on one of those kind of rolls. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I know what it's like. <laughs> yeah. So, so, you know, you add in the kind of variance and stuff. And then, but eventually, like, you can only add so much of that. And then you turn in. And then it, it basically, might, you may as well just be playing um, craps in the, in the back alley, right? So, like. Actually, Larry is my hero. Yeah. <laughs> so there's only so much, you know, of that you can add into it. Um, but I don't know. It it's we'll on see. that note, Steve. Um, this tournament on Saturday is at the Cherokee. Will there be actual craps? Uh, I hope so. I would love. There to, may uh, be. I would love to. Uh, craps on the table, baby. Yeah. Oh, I'm certainly. Uh, well, it's I'm, at a casino, Carlos. Is, so yeah, there may be some actual craps being played in the yes. building. I want to fucking go. Well, then come. Damn I can't. How are you, pussy? Just take the day off, Carlos. Come, just take the weekend off. Come do something, dude. We're, oh, yeah, we're going up Christ. after work on Friday. Just show yeah. up at Steve's house. That's just, what I do just all come, the time. Come to Jacksonville. Where is this? It's it's in North Carolina. North, that's far, man. I it can't. Is far. Steve's driving. He's got a Tesla. I don't have a Tesla. Ugh. I don't have For, a Tesla. No gas. No, it's not a Tesla. I have a Ford. Oh, Same a Ford difference. Tesla. It's a it's a plug in <laughs> it's a plug in hybrid. It's fine. <laughs> I just want to test. Well, it. I, uh, I, I let's talk about Super Bowl here. Come on, guys. Just real oh, quick. Super Bowl. Yeah, you guys had the Bengals, right? 
I wanted the Bengals to win. Yeah, mostly just because I hate Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, but I really like Matt Stafford. I know, but literally, I just hate Jalen Ramsey. So I just was like, I couldn't. I couldn't I'd have been pissed him. if Joe Mixon won a Super Bowl. That's something they chose. Now I, I, I was chose ha- me. Yeah, right. <laughs> he is the reason I drafted five kickers this year. Yeah, I. <laughs> I will say. Jesus, why would you do that? Because uh, Sean. Because Sean. Because Sean Cause got Sean. to him with Joe Mixon. Um, Steve gave me a liquor. Sean provoked me, and then I drafted five kickers. Then Carlos won the league. It all makes perfect sense. I did not win the league. You didn't. I lost no, in the final Zach, again. Yeah, Zach won. Who the fuck is Zach? Zach yeah. is the is the anyway, guy at work. We, <laughs> yeah, two two anyway. years in a row, I fucking finished in the Super Bowl and lost. No, I just enjoyed oh, watching. I, the one thing I did, the one piece of joy that I did take out of that Super Bowl was that. Even Austin though the Powers Rams, had. even though the Rams won, and I was I was not rooting for them, I was happy that they won despite Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey played like dog shit in that. Oh, game. he played like shit. Dude. He, got, he got ripped oh, off on that face. Mask Higgins though. fucking blew that, him that, out. Like I was like giving him all kinds of crap, like for just flopping or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. Show that I was like, oh wow, that was a blatant face mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that's yeah. pretty blatant. Whoop. But well, take well, it then, all back. Yeah, I mean, he but he got but then he got burned on like he got burned a bunch of times in that game. So I, I was enjoying watching him get burned um, and feeling like he was kind of like the weak spot on the As defense. You but, you know, regardless. Um, so let's try to put a capstone on on this episode and all the things we learned, right? The, the squad building thing, I think that's huge. I think that's huge, and I think it's going to take a very long time for that to, to settle down. What yeah. do you think, Steve? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a massive change to, like, how – how you even think about building a squad. Um, I mean, I think the easy thing to think about is that you're just going to, you get to pack in as many upgrades as you want. Um, the The more difficult part is going to be, you know, getting leveraging your head around. That? Yeah, leveraging it. The like right getting way. the right upgrades? Well, because, yeah, that's the thing is like, you're now that you, you actually have kind of like these unlimited upgrade options, essentially, not unlimited, but much, much less limited. And, you have different upgrade scenarios available to you to accomplish different things. So I think that is going to be a little more prevalent and like, like different types of loadouts for certain ships is going to be more of a thing. I think there'll be a, a higher value placed on high cost upgrades because you can just slip them in on some of these ships. Yeah. Whereas before you were trying to get in low cost upgrades in an attempt to to sneak them in while still getting the optimal number of ships. Yeah. I think I think lower cost upgrades were better before and higher cost ones are better now. Yeah. I could be wrong about that. Yeah. Carlos, how are you feeling about it? So I, I like the list building aspect of it. It's nice to have kind of two stages. You know what I mean? So you you start with your ships, you pick your ships out, and once you pick your ships, you can pick your your loadouts. You know what I mean? So I kind of I like separate, that as well. Actually, I I think that's yeah. actually it's less agonizing as a choice. You know what I mean? Correct. Yeah, the whole thing trade off versus trade off versus upgrades and pilots was a big big drawback in the squad building process. I hated that. Yeah, part. I, there was anxiety to the old squad building one. Now it's like we. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. this this is easy. You pick your your number of ships and you pick your combination of pilots, um, and then after that stage, you get to pick out your loadouts. I like that aspect of it. I don't like the points as it currently is, and and we'll we'll talk in more detail on that. 
I, I don't think it's balanced explore. at all. I think it's I yeah. think it's, it's I mean, not the, balanced, the, right? No, like, so gonna I'm gonna go of... shoot actual craps probably if I go with Steve this weekend, and it's less of a crap shoot than what they did. <laughs> like yeah. actual craps is much more well designed of a game than what they've hey, done craps, at this point. Craps is the only game in the casino where the odds are actually in your favor, or at least not totally not against you. Uh you know, George Carlin once said uh he got in trouble at a casino for a performance he did where he used the word shit. In a town where the big games called craps. And he thought that was bullshit, which he also got in trouble for. Yeah. God bless George. Um, so we looked at the rules this episode, right? Like we looked at the new rules. I think they're mostly, with the exception of the point values, what we thought they were going to be. Yeah. Give or take, a couple of things happened we didn't see coming, but mostly this is what we expected, right? Yeah. Steve, do you concur on that one? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. A couple of things we didn't see coming, and they are significant, but they're not, they're not game changers carlos would you concur that's kind of where we hit that yeah for me personally for the banned list i kind of wish they hadn't banned certain cards that finally could have shined when they did the scenario play and i'm a little i'm a little disappointed that those cards would finally be good in like a world where those abilities would be good and they still nerfed them steve how are you feeling about the banned list um, I, I'm totally fine with the dial peaking stuff being banned. Um, I'm relatively neutral about everything else that was banned. Nothing, uh, nothing was banned that like personally, uh, hurt my feelings. So, <laughs> um, so yeah. if I had my preference, the dial peaking, I think was probably broken. Dial changing afterward is more of a defensive thing. You can't really use it as offensively. You know, I thought it was okay, but I understand where people didn't. Carlos, how are you feeling about the band list? I, I think I'm in mostly positive. Like, basically, there's more cards on here that I don't want to see on the table than cards that I do. I, I, I Han Solo, seeing Han Solo on a band list makes my heart break a little bit, but it is what it is. I said the same I thing when I thought Luke was going to be on there, and then he wasn't. Yeah. So there are still, other Hans. I still, Han Solo still would have been first, <laughs> even yeah. if Luke yeah, well, was on There are two other Hans, so I get that. Yeah. That Han, I thought, finally had this unique moment to be really cool. Yeah. Like, he may have been broken, but you are paying for, like, a Han with no ability once the game starts just to score some extra scenario points. And I actually think that's actually a really Han thing to do. Thematically, yeah. I thought it fit finally. So I don't know. Um, and then we talked about scenarios. My opinion personally does not represent the Florida Man Plays X Wing uh, podcast in its entirety, nor will we be sued for this. I actually I don't think they're going to accomplish what they think they will. I think they think that they're going to make people think. I think what they think is going to happen, and this is a board gaming thing that I've talked about many, many times in other venues. There's a difference between strategy and tactics, right? Strategy is how you go into a game from the outside. Tactics is what you do once the game starts. Mm -hmm. I think they think it's going to introduce a tactical element to it where people are going to have to adapt to what the other player does based on the objectives of the scenario. I think they're 100% wrong about that. People will still approach it strategically and not tactically in any way, shape, or form. And I think they're going to find that out very quickly. They're going to realize that the people that won tournaments won it because they had a plan to go and tag those objectives in the first turn, 
possibly score some additional points with its second turn and to regroup in the optimal position on the third turn. And then they'll realize that, oh, X-Wing players have measured the board already. Yeah. Steve, how are you feeling about all the scenarios? Um, I mean, I'm in pretty much the same place with them. I think they're they're interesting. They they add, you know, it's, it, it adds a layer. It's something to think about and something else to kind of do during a game. But um, I do ultimately think that there is going to be like kind of a right way to play the scenarios that um, people are going to figure out pretty quickly. And um, once they figure that out, they're going to, you know, they're going to you're going to go in and you're going to you're going to like you said, you're, it, it's going to the first couple turns there are going to be kind of staged. And um, you're going to do the same thing in that scenario every time because it's going to be the best way to optimize the amount of points that you need to get. So, you, you know, you, you get like the, I think the plan, I think really the plan is to like nab as many free um, scenario points as you can um, that to in order to shorten your distance to 20 points through killing ships. So it's like if you can figure out a way to get like, you know, six or, you know, maybe six or seven scenario points throughout a game so that you so that you only have to kill 13 points worth of the other person's list to hit 20. Like, I think that's that's really where these where the sweet spot's going to come in is, is figuring out how to accomplish that in any, in any one of these given scenarios. Carlos, how are you feeling about the scenarios, my friend? Um, I, so I kind of want to say there's two sides of it that, that I'm looking at. I'm looking at number one, uh, what Steve, uh, uh, talked about. Um, the other aspect of it is, uh, specific to the asteroid changes. Um, they are a lot more punishing. You can't shoot on an asteroid. Um, uh, they, I think they're punishing a lot of that, you know, um, kind of play where you can manipulate going through them or, uh, landing on them so being able to control that i think um can maybe balance a little bit of this out because you can still turn zero still on the obstacle choices um even though those scenario tokens are on the on the board so maybe it'll still kind of be a little bit more the same um where that center of the board picking lanes, all that stuff, that turn zero stuff is still very important. It, it always was. Uh, I think it's just maybe just a little bit more important than it is now, uh, than it was before. So, In a completely non-X-Wing uh, uh, statement, my cat just walked up here and started drinking my beer. You son of a bitch, that's my beer. <laughs> Knock it off, you potato-loving mother. <laughs> but, um... No, I agree with you on that. But I just I, I want to believe that it'll introduce a tactical element to the game, but I think X Wing players like to think strategic because that's what wins them consistently the most games and the most tournaments. And I think that's how they'll approach this. That's my god honest opinion. Yeah, I think I, well, I think that kind of falls into the bailiwick of a lot of players who are very much the um like the squad building type players where they try to win in turn zero essentially by by having the best, the right squad for the meta that, that is just, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I absolutely know what you mean. Yeah. So I, I think a lot of players, a lot of players fit into that category. Um, so, so yeah, it'll, it, there's, yeah, it's going to happen. 
So, all right. Well, we want to do any uh, final shout outs or wrap to wrap things up here. Joe, you got anything? Um, if you see either myself or Carlos or Steve, most likely Steve at Cherokee, if somebody could please buy us a beer, I, I, I would really <laughs> appreciate that. I would say thank you. And I would genuinely mean it. And that's my only shout out. Oh, no, no, last shout out. Uh, Carlos, what you said about chess earlier. Um, after this podcast, go and look up a game called Onitama, which will change your opinion about chess and how it's more strategic than tactical for the rest of your life. I'll look it up now. All right. Steve, shout outs for you, my friend. Uh, well, uh, Carlos, what do you, what do you got? Um, oh, uh, I want to do, so I posted, um, you know, the article and, uh, on the Facebook pages, I know we haven't really been active on the, uh, social medias, but I did. Oh, you talking uh, about my OnlyFans has like zillions of people. <laughs> my did, wife said uh, I'm an OnlyFans, just, it's just pictures of me cleaning the house, like doing I, I, and laundry and sweeping and shit. I Topless, that, obviously, but I, I mean, was just picturing you like rolling around on an X-Wing mat. <laughs> Oh, there's no X-Wing on there. No, Mrs. Laporta hates X-Wing. But she loves when I do the fucking dishes. <laughs> True. Uh, but um, I wanted to give a shout out. So, you know, I posted on there to see if uh, if we could do a mailbag. Uh, just, you know, to see what kind of questions we may have out there. I did get a response. I got a response from uh, one of our... Um, uh, one of the players uh, that was part of the Space Ghost X-Wing League. Um, so Dennis Underwood uh, is asking, "What's up with the generic pilots? Cost seems pretty bad compared to the name pilots. What do you What do you guys think?" And, uh, and completely inconsistent well, too. I, like, I think we talked we touched on that a little bit when we were <laughs> in our like you know I, I know just me looking at the Tie Fighters, my kind of general disbelief over an academy pilot being three points. And <laughs> there are many spots it looks like where the same point cost will get you a ton of additional upgrades if it's on a unique one. Yeah. And in, and that becomes worse when it's like one point more. Like any ship that is an additional point for being unique gets 10 plus extra points worth of upgrades on yeah. top of their usually pilot ability and on top of their, their initiative value. It's a big middle figure to, to generics. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think really they, they, yeah, they want to, they want to, they want to tone down the generics. They want to tone down swarms. Um, and, uh, they want, uh, you know, and I think that leans a little bit more t- towards like the, like what makes X-Wing fun when you, when, you know, if, if you kind of sit down and think about it and it's like, you want people like they want people playing the big name players or the big name pilots, right? They want people, they want Vader to be good. Like they want Luke to be good. They want all these like big name Star Wars characters to be good and usable and playable um, because that's part of the brand. And I think that was something that in 2.0, you know, has been much more generic heavy, um, in a lot of ways than 1.0 was. Um, so it's kind of like a reverse course on that. To, and- to tell you how AMG seems to feel about unique versus generic pilots for a lot of chassis, there tends to be a unique pilot that's cheaper than generics. Yeah. Like there's somebody that just doesn't get any upgrades, but it's still cheaper, but you only get to play one of him. Yeah. 
Like Blount is cheaper than than both of the non-uniques. He just yeah. doesn't get any upgrades whatsoever. Yeah. And that's I think how they feel about that. They don't want to see a swarm of of umpteen of the same thing. So they've curbed that. Yeah. Which will be interesting to see because I mean they did they they said like in I think they said somewhere I saw it today. You know, they're they're you know, you still have eight ships as a max oh that's one thing i don't think we mentioned um they, they did up the minimum they upped the minimum so minimum of three ships now um so that's the thing to think about um but which is weird because there are two ship lists i would consider playing just with the number of the just the sheer volume of of upgrades they'll let you have yeah yeah like two nine you know two two big ships that get 25 to 30 points worth of upgrades doesn't necessarily not sound like a thing yeah yeah uh, I mean, part part of this. I mean, it's kind of hard, almost, to get to a point where you can't fit a third ship in unless you're involving Vader Defender. So, because um, I think I haven't, I have, and I might be missing stuff here, but I know Vader Defender's eleven, and I think Boba Fett's ten. Outside of that, pretty much everything I saw was like in the eight or nine range. So if you stick most of those kind of fat ships together, and you get to eighteen. You know, you have two points left over to, to, to stick in a third ship. So there That's you true. go. But um, yeah, it, it just kind of depends. But yeah, I think um, I think there is definitely a push to get the big name, the big name pilots out there. Um, and, and that's partially a branding uh, thing as, as much as anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and a couple of um, now you mentioned social media, a couple of things that we're doing on social media coming up soon is uh steve is still working on the joe getting an email address which is yes. my first email address i'm very proud um but carlos i don't know if you've gotten to hear this yet but what we're going to do is i'm actually not going to open it except once a year and we're going to do it on air and i'm gonna just sink my teeth into the things people have told me i suck for you're just gonna have a bunch of spam mail that you'll have to read <laughs> I'm not going to read everything. No, 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 no. That's not good radio. But anything relevant, I will I will have to answer for myself. The other thing we're going to start doing soon is a, uh, a weekly uh, poll to see whether Joe did a good job, at which point he gets a good beer for the next episode, or whether he did a bad job and he has to drink some god-awful thing that is still actually a beer. We did set that as a parameter last episode. I'm not drinking any malt beverages, no hard sodas, no... Seltzer beers. And so it has like to be a beer. It has to be okay. an actual I, beer. I, I will. Good beer. But it can when be a bad post, beer. When we post the epi- next episode, I will start that activity on the Facebook page. I promise. Oh, God bless you, son. You yeah, it, part, part, part of me actually coming back is obviously supporting our social media. I know uh, Joe here uh, carried the weight for the last two, three years. So I just I want to take over for that job for you, Joe. Any anyone that has access to Joe's ranting hole yeah, knows yeah. that I cannot be trusted with social media. My blog is just proof say, enough like, that no one should be allowed to hear what I have to say. Joe, you understand you were made for social media. Like this is I mean social media was made for you. Like Joe Rogan ain't got nothing on this shit. <laughs> Uh, well, if you ran our Facebook now, page, so. if you ran our Facebook page, we would have more followers. I'm, I'm at least ninety percent sure of that. <laughs> oh, probably. Yeah, I'd be, probably. I'd be afraid to look at those folks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> gentlemen, I feel like I should lead us in this because go this for it. Originally my idea, but you know what, guys? 
Um, X-Wing hasn't changed so much that we can't still say. Dials down. Bottoms, Bottoms up. up.